Hello, you're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. And today's episode is our winter 2021 first impressions. We made it, Chris. We're here. Barely. <laughs> After like a week of way too much anime watching, we, we somehow managed to pull together. I'm so tired. So tired. But yeah, we have like uh, way too many shows to go through. And we probably should jump right into it. I do want to remind people that we are on YouTube now. Taco Spirit is on YouTube. Definitely check us out there. Support us. And uh, check out some videos. I will be doing, you know, single first impression videos on a lot of these shows with screenshots and everything. So, if you want, I guess, some extended stuff, that's that's where you get it. But, yeah, this is our uh, thoughts, including Chris, in here with his thoughts on a lot of these shows. Well, Probably some shows I, that he I, watched that I didn't you at least I am get hearing some you know kind of poking stabs at, at little text messages that I'm sending to Andrew on the um on the uh YouTube uh videos so what's that uh the the belt girl I I I, I absolutely busted up laughing at your joke on that <laughs> on which one on the belt girl on uh the kid in oh, the boonies. yeah 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 that's that's why it was fun so yeah, um, we should probably just jump right into it because we have like literally, I don't know, some 40-some shows to go through. So yeah, I, I guess for, started a little late. I guess for people to understand if there's something not going to be here that they're expecting, I don't want them to watch, listen to this whole thing and realize that we're not talking about it. But yeah, Kamada Jaihin, thanks to Funimation and their inability to have things available to watch. I did not get a chance to watch that one. I uh, didn't get a chance to watch Bungo Stray Dogs 1, Skate Leading Stars, I Star Chu, Yatogami 3. I'm not watching World Witches because <laughs> screw that studio. <laughs> World Trigger Season 2. We didn't get a chance to get caught up on that one. Uh, 2.43 High School Boys Volleyball Team, X Arm, even though that's creating a lot of talk right now. Uh, skate. Uh, let's see here, and that's that's pretty much it. B Star is not available yet, so I haven't got a chance to watch that. Seven Deadly Sins not available yet. Thanks Netflix. So yeah, but everything else pretty much we will be talking about. So it's gonna be a long podcast. Hang in there with us. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I, there's a lot of exciting shows this season. That's what scares me right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm terrified right now of how many good shows are on. Oh, uh, but yeah, let's 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 kick things off with one of them. Uh, Hori Mia. This one is streaming on Funimation, running for 13 episodes, being done by studio, uh, studio Cloverworks, which is doing three shows this season, and they're so far all bangers. So it, it's again, I, I hope that they're doing well. <laughs> the source is a manga. The genres are slice of life, comedy, romance, school, shonen, and the director is Masas- Masashi Ishihama, who's did from the from the New World. Garakawa and Speed Graffer and series composition by Takayo Yoshioka, who did Elfin Lead, High School DXD, 
Kanahana Kitan working familiar of zero. So saw people working on it. Uh, this one follows a girl named Kyoko Hori, and she is pretty popular in her class, or so it seems. And at some point, you kind of realize that she leaves school really quickly to take care of her little brother because her mother's working. And at some point, a boy shows up at her door with her little brother because he had fell and hurt himself, and the the guy brought her brother home. And he's kind of got piercings, got his hair up, looks kind of, you know, pretty edgy boy. And as they're talking in her house, he kind of is like, you know, I'm 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 Izumi from your class. And she's like, what, that Izumi? Because Izumi in her class is like, you know, got his hair down, he's got glasses, doesn't really socialize with anybody. Uh, come to find out, he kind of was bullied when he was younger. And so he kind of, you know, isolated himself from the crowd and doesn't really socialize with anybody. But when he's out of school, he just kind of is, he's almost like a rebel, seems like. So both of them over time are kind of getting to know each other. She's using her little brother as an excuse to have Izumi come over after school each day. And they kind of hang out and talk. And it's kind of like this whole story of them seeing another side of each other. She's seeing this, you know, more, I guess, rebel side of him that's not, you know, that's more social, and then he's seen a more relaxed, not done-up side of her, and um, some kind of relationships blossoming. <laughs> so yeah, your thoughts so far? If on... they can ever get out of their own way. <laughs> yeah, I mean they had a they had a quote unquote confession like in the third episode, but uh, like yeah, it doesn't seem three like three or was four confession. times now. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, that was a confession, question mark, but they don't seem like they're acting like that was a confession, so I don't know, uh, anime. No, the last one, the last one I will admit was pretty on the nose, so if they don't get past their own hookups by now, hopefully we'll see some actual progression. Yeah, yeah. And they had they had a cute little moment. I, I only watched I think three episodes. I don't think I watched the fourth episode and oh, they have this I'm whole sorry. moment where uh where uh <laughs> Remy was asking if she can have Izumi because she didn't think that they were, you know, gonna hook up and she's like, No, you can't have him. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> but no, I I did want to watch more episodes. I just was trying to get caught up on everything else. So yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, I think I accidentally spoiled something. I'm sorry. I, um, it's it happens. <laughs> it um i this this show is absolutely adorable i um the the like like andrew was saying the the uh kind of edgy uh uh izumi and the the more homely hori you know kind of like andrew was mentioning the the actual opposites that they are in school is absolutely wonderful i really love the start of it where it was kind of um the Almost like they're they're seeing another side of like Andrew was saying that they're seeing a whole nother side of each other, and they want to keep that that other side to themselves. They don't want to share that that version of themselves, and it's just such an adorable um, uh, play on that. And then as you get to meet more of the characters, you start to see how uh, their interpersonal relationships are, are are playing out in the um, the grander scheme, and that it really is just a just an adorable story. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I would put it. It's just extremely adorable. And I do agree. The The big draw that was early on was that kind of relationship they were building just based on the fact that they had a secret about the other person. 
Um, I am curious to see how what they do with Izumi's story because it, it it seems like some emphasis put on that he's bullied, but he doesn't really. It's odd because he doesn't act like a typical character in a bullied story. He he is kind of outgoing outside of school. He's not advert to you know communicating with people at school. It just seems like he. I mean, he does he does have his doubts. He's like you know you know Hori is obviously talking to me because she feels sorry for me. Obviously, uh, Toro Ishikawa is talking to me because, you know, he wants to get closer to Hori. So that there is an aspect there of him, like, not trusting that people are genuine with him and not getting the hint, not getting the signals that somebody is, is you know, a friend of their his. But, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed a lot of the moments with them at the house because it's, like, this really cute kind of blossoming relationship and... It's. It, I mean, I don't. Know, I don't know if it's going to go that far, but it is kind of one of those rare occasions where I'm like, "Well, hey, this is kind of romance in anime." <laughs> Again, I don't know if that kind of is. How many you watched? Four episodes or five episodes? I'm not sure how far it's gone so far. Four, four. So I mean, I, I'm. I, I think I'm only one episode ahead of you. It seems like it's. It's. It will have some solid romance in this, or you think it's going to stick strictly to you know rom com typicalness, or it's like a are they ever going to get together kind of thing? At the at the rate they're going, I don't know. It feels like they might actually uh, get farther than a lot of um, uh, shows have gotten. We need, we need more uh, um, Yuki though, at, at least from the episodes I've seen. I like. <laughs> Even though she caught a glance at him when he was running off and changing to get some eggs for for Hori. <laughs> I really like that scene. But no, she looks I, like Ritsu from K-On. So I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally I'm, there. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious as to... Because there's... There's obviously triangles going all over the place in this show. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm very curious as to how everything will shake out in the end. Oh no, does Yuki like Toru? Um no. Uh the only triangle else, I know actually. so far is Hori Hori, Remy, and, and Izumi. So well obviously yeah, Tori yeah, got I, rejected. Exactly. And that that's what I was talking about. Some of the characters seem to be shaking out as that as their relationship seems to be kind of solidifying. You're starting to see a lot of the other characters, and like you were already mentioning, Remy was one of those that just kind of popped out of nowhere. Uh, there's a character that's not on your list here that that uh, I think showed up in the next episode, which she is know. you you've seen her once or twice already, but she hadn't been a significant character yet. I, I really like the scene with the the mom. <laughs> she didn't know yeah. his first name, but the mom figured it out <laughs> <laughs> first. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, yeah, mom was loving that. But yeah, that's uh, that's Hori Mia, definitely a a solid. I mean, rom com alone, it's really really solid. But I'm I'm I am hoping it'll be a lot more stronger in the romance side because it so far has been kind of shaking out to be a a solid romance type show. He never does PE because he's got these like crazy tattoos all over his these tattoos. Yeah, have they in that fourth adding, episode they really show any of him outside? His... Huh. In that fourth episode, they show any more of him, like, because I'm curious to see, like, like what is he doing when he wasn't at school and he was this more rebel side? Was he in the gang? Nah, they didn't hanging out with bad they people. They didn't get into that. They just got into the the uh, uh, more into the student council. Is really what? Oh, oh. yeah. We'll see. Green hair girl is from the count- student council. 
Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's right. Just had a brief run-in with her. Yeah. Like I said, she's going to become more uh, in the forefront in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one. Moshoku Tensai, Jobless Reincarnation, or Moshoku Tensai Isekai Itara Honki Dasu. This one's streaming on Funimation, running for 11 episodes. Thank goodness, realize the day that they have already announced that they're going to have a second part of it. <laughs> I know my first impressions that I did it for a video, I was like, I don't know what's going on here because I know this is going to be a really long running season. I know that they have a lot of source material already for this. But I'm uh, <laughs> not sure how much they can cover in 11 episodes, but apparently they're going to do a second parter, and that's fantastic. Uh, being done by Studio Bind, which, again, I was kind of surprised by the animation this sh- in this show so far, and I had to look them up because Studio Bind doesn't have anything. And I kind of find out White Fox and Egg Firm is a joint venture between the two of them, so uh, it looks like the studio is created just for to actually adapt this, and they're doing a fantastic job already. But the source is a light novel. The genres are drama, magic, fantasy. And this follows a guy who, in the real world, modern times, uh, he was a neat. You find out later that he was extremely bullied, like to the point where he was stripped naked and had photos taken of him on a uh, school fencing. And so he locked himself up in his room and and pretty much watches porn all day. (laughs) At least it, it implies that that's all he pretty much does. But uh, the, I guess the person that was, you know, funding him to be able to be a neat, his parents or whatever, passed away. And so a bunch of people showed up and kicked him out of his house onto the street. And as he's walking along the street, he sees some kids being, you know, obvious, seem like they're going to get hit by a truck. Old truck coon. <laughs> and he runs out to save them and gets hit by the truck. And as he's dying, as they're trying to work on him in the hospital, he kind of starts hearing some other language. And he wakes up, reborn in another world. It's like a fantasy world with magic and everything and elves. And he is now uh, Rudy Gray Rat. And so it kind of follows him as he is from infant all the way up until he's, uh, I think he was 10 years old. No, they celebrate birthdays every five years. And it's, uh, it's weird because I thought that they said 15 because he doesn't look like he's 15. So I think it was 10. <laughs> Somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, he's kind of, he learns over time that he can, he has the affinity for magic. And so he starts training himself in magic in private. And at some point his parents find out. And so they hire a mage and the mage's name's Roxy. Roxy comes and trains him for a little bit. And then she trains him all that she can. And then she leaves. And during that encounter with Roxy, he kind of, overcomes his fear of leaving his house because even though he was reborn in this other world he still has like that that anxiety of leaving his home and she kind of helped him get out of that and so he goes out in the village meets a person named Sylphie and then starts training Sylphie and how to use magic and then at some point he's dad his dad screws up <laughs> and they kind of over- yeah, that was kind of a little frustrating, but uh, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, Grudy decides that he wants to learn more about magic uh, because Rudy, Roxy sends him a letter. and But he doesn't want to leave Sylphie behind because Sylphie is seen as possibly a type of race in this world that is feared. Um, so he wants to take Sylphie with him, but uh, he doesn't have the money for it, so his dad kind of... Uh, talks to an old friend of theirs 
crazy lady to come and take him away so that he can work under her and earn money. I guess probably toughen up as well. So that's the story so far. Oh yeah. And, and uh, there's two more children in the house, <laughs> two more children in the house. But we'll, we'll probably meet soon. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's jobless reincarnation so far. What's your thoughts? Uh, so far, I absolutely love this show. It is way too fun. Number one, number two, it hits some really great emotional points, um, which I've absolutely found phenomenal. Um, it's I just some really cool, cool animation. Uh, I've so far pretty much nothing about this show have I disliked. Um, I was constantly. Before Andrew was able to catch up, I was constantly texting him, dude, you don't understand this show. <laughs> and finally, when he when he got to it, it was like, oh, finally, some we've got to talk about this show. I cannot I cannot emphasize enough how much this has just blown me away. I really, really like it. So what do you want to talk about? Everything. <laughs> I already got it all out now. So. <laughs> Yeah, I've been enjoying this show so far. I, I think a lot of people probably hung up on the fact that Rudy's kind of got this pervy nature to them or to him, but I think it's it works out fine in the end because it, it does it does feel like even though he is pulling his previous life into this world and he does have that, I mean he's he's spent he's spent his a majority of his life as a neat and like they imply just watching you know animated pornography all the time. And so he does every now and then kind of that that pervy nature of him still kind of spills out into this new world. But it does feel like he he himself as a person, even though that is in his nature, he is he's progressing forward. And I think that's a it's been a really fantastic part of the story is this kind of aspect of as I kind of put it before, it is kind of him overcoming his defeat in his previous life. He was defeated. He. He wanted to, you know, lock himself up. He didn't want to socialize. And in this new world, he is learning to kind of trust people again. He's learning to kind of move himself forward. He's learning to 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 venture out and uh I guess make you know, turn over a new leaf. And I, I do like that aspect of this show, even though, like I said, I think a lot of people probably hung up on the fact that he's always kind of perving out. I mean, <laughs> they had one of the earliest scenes. I mean, literally when he's reborn, he's like, oh, who's this hot chick with these huge, he's huge mounds. Oh, it's, it's your mom, dude. <laughs> it's your new mom, which I do agree with him. She is, she's incredibly hot. Um, she does have that kind of saber aspect to her, which makes me hate his dad even more. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it kind of, you know, it goes from there to the, like him watching the maid with underwear on his head and she thinks he's possessed because he's totally perving out as an <laughs> infant. And that kind of, again, progresses to Roxy as she shows up and he's kind of perving out about Roxy. So it is like a common thing that keeps on kind of hitting, but I th I think it was about the time where, you know, they had Sylphie show up and they did the reveal for Sylphie, which is like extremely obvious, dude. I mean, him from, like, a previous life as an otaku, he, of anybody, should have known Sylphie was right a girl. Away. <laughs> <laughs> he, of anybody, should have known who Sylphie was. But anyways, you, you, I mean, terrible otaku. I mean, he doesn't even know things like that. Like, a trope <laughs> he did not see coming from a mile away is beyond me. Uh, Especially since how his entire life is, like, dedicated to tropes right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? <laughs> 
the showing up Lolly Mage and and yeah, exactly. the milk mom and <laughs> magic and affinity to magic. But no, I, 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 there's a couple of aspects that I love so much about this. One is, of course, the the fact of overcoming his his defeat, getting stronger. Uh, it is the incredible animation. Like I said, I had to go out of my way to find out who Studio Bind was, just because I was kind of blown away by the. Animation, I really wasn't expecting it. I just think, okay, here's an Isekai show. It's probably going to have the usual Isekai flair. I mean, ReZero is kind of a an oddball in the group, but typically with the Isekai shows, they don't really put much effort into them. And this is obviously, they're, they're, going, they're pulling out all the stops for this, which is absolutely incredible. And then you have like this aspect of how the story's being told. The directing for it and the writing itself is incredible like the the shots are great uh the the storytelling i i mentioned the video is kind of forrest gumpy i don't know if you agree with that chris or not but it feels like forrest gump where you have him constantly narrating his entire life story and the way it plays out is similar to what made forrest gump so great is similar to what makes this so great that kind of narration over these pinnacle points in his life that either are failures successes or just you know, goofy moments in his life, like again talking about Roxy and <laughs> the fact that he has this this homage to her, her as her underwear <laughs> under his bed, and how Lilia finds it, and he he thinks he's gonna get in trouble and that kind of stuff. Do you agree I or disagree? S- I can see that, but he for and and I I do agree to a point. He d- he does give off the everyman vibe to a point but i i think it's more of a uh every geek is, is where it probably will fit yeah, a little yeah. bit better um so it, it, so if you go on that that aspect yes i can see the forrest gumpian kind of feel to it just the narration um, it's not necessarily saying that it's going to be the same story i mean there's significantly no 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 different no, stories. no no it, it, i i i'm i'm because forrest gump i think is 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 this every man uh feel and, and that's why i think that forrest gump works really well and rudy does or rudy slash whatever his real name is it does give off that that aspect of um kind of a it, it's it's a lot more niche but it does give off like like i said the the every every otaku vibe of yeah i can totally see myself going down that road um you know so I I can uh uh relate to him in that that respect to a point. I don't know that I would necessarily get stuck in a room. Um but <laughs> yeah, I, I I can see some of the some some of the more goofy aspects of uh perving out on the maid because, you know, the maid's there and she's pretty hot or you know, stuff like that. So, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. No, I I am really like I said I was I'm extremely excited to see more of this. Like I said, it's it's obvious that they know there's a great story here because they're putting so much effort into it. But I like I said I I had a huge fear because it was only set for eleven episodes. I'm not sure exactly. I'm I'm still concerned, even though it does have a second season announced for it already. It does give me a lot more hope for the idea that it can be a continued story that continue to adapt over time. Because I do know this this covers his entire life. I've already heard whispers about the fact that this basically covers him from infancy all the way to adulthood. And to have a story like that and hopefully them adapt it in its entirety, I'm extremely excited. I, I think that's going to be fantastic because, 
like I said, it, it has so much potential here just because of how well the story is being told so far and how how w- well it's animated and, and all that kind of stuff all mixed into one little package. So, And we need more Roxy. I miss Roxy. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, Eris the uh, redhead? I, I'm assuming it's the child of the of the of the maid. Oh, okay. So I was just curious because I because she hasn't shown up yet, so I I, I could only guess who this character was. So, oh, yeah, which make, which makes me think that they're going to have a a time jump, hopefully, really quickly. I don't know. We'll see. I I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, they, I'm, they introduced a very, very interesting character, so we'll see how far that goes. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy lady that took him off. Yeah, <laughs> she looks awesome. That was that was epic, though. Uh, when Daddy got to, <laughs> she, she's like so like <laughs> very, very short with everything. Oh, she's like it just says yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was. I was. I was. I was impressed by, by Dad uh, uh, un- unleashing full on hell it that was absolutely epic yeah they they do kind of i I don't think i mentioned it but they do kind of hint on the idea that obviously his dad and his mother were adventurers at some point and that's like i said where they have that connection with this new person that came and got rudy um they obviously traveled together at some point uh great gaselin yeah gaselin gaselin's like this i don't know wolf girl crazy muscled out chick (laughs) So I'm really excited to see more of her because she looks, she looks pretty awesome. Yeah. The, the, the mother like has healing abilities and the father's like some crazy warrior fighter. And so they were, they had this whole little spout back and forth between the fact that if he was going to be a, a fighter or a mage. And so, yeah, cool stuff though. Really excited for more. Definitely is a really awesome series so far. We should probably move on. Right. <laughs> Scar on the Praetor. I'm sure we'll probably have some some discussions later on it. Uh, Project Scarred, Praetor no Kizu. This one's streaming on Funimation, running for 13 episodes, being done by Studio Gohans. Source is a mixed media project. Genres are action, superpower. Did you watch this one? No, I actually didn't. Obviously not. There's no cute girls in it. There is one cute girl in it, though. <laughs> I, had to, I had to send Chris, or, uh, Chris a, a, a screenshot of, of the... Typically with Gohans, you you have like one female character in the entire show, so I have to show Chris. Hey, look, here's the female character. <laughs> Which it sucks because they, their female characters are gorgeous. I mean, the the male characters are gorgeous as well. So, yeah, this one essentially uh, takes place in Akatsuki or yeah Akatsuki Special Zone, in Tokyo. It's like an autonomous zone. They have their own government, and they this they at some point they, they kind of lose control of the area corporations corrupt corporations take over and then it just turns into a place of crime and and drug smuggling and weapon smuggling and essentially in order to keep order there's a few groups that are kind of involved in the area one being helios which is a group that just focuses on helping the people it's kind of like a a vigilante group uh there's With artemis which is a, no <laughs> There's Artemis, which is another group that <laughs> kind of focuses on maintaining control and security, which they haven't really established if they're like aligned with anybody. It's just another group and like they have Helios. The Blue King. And then there's the Public Security Special <laughs> Service, which is pretty much the police department, the people that should be actually protecting the people. And each one of these groups 
are essentially pulling this off using what they call scars, which are these tattoos that each have the kind of embodiment of different divine beasts. And they use these tattoos to, to, you know, keep order or use control and whatever. Uh, the main one that they kind of focus on early on is Eiji, which is named the hero of Akatsuki. And he has a scar that essentially allows him to deflect bullets, or at least that's what he's using it to do. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's like possibly telekinesis or something like that. Uh, another one of his team members is Kagami, and he has the ability to heal people. And another one of his members is Kazumi and he, uh, Kazuma, and he essentially has the ability to cancel other tattoos. And so every single one of these tattoos do something different. And we follow Yamato early on, and he is living there with his brother. Or at least it seemed like his brother. <laughs> it's probably not his blood brother. And uh, at some point, he runs into Eiji, and Eiji essentially, through some series of events, bestows upon Yamato his tattoo, his scar. And his team members of Helios don't really like the fact that he passed it on to him, but they kind of still have to follow him because he does have the tattoo, and crime, fighting crime, groups wanting to steal the tattoos, turf wars, stuff like that kind of is ensuing. I, I think I've watched the three episodes of it so far, and that's pretty much the gist so far, is is Eiji giving Yamato the tattoo, the police force wanting to take him and and make him join them because they want the tattoo, and that's pretty much it. And I... And I kind of said in my, my, my YouTube video of it, I, I I do want to enjoy this series, but at the same time I have my fears because it doesn't really necessarily have anything strong plot-wise going on. Which, you know, I give it, to give it credit, it's just introducing the characters and introducing the mechanics and the world itself. But it's not really doing anything so far to really kind of drive any kind of interest from me so far. And I think that's really kind of in the aspect that I... I Gohans is known for having kind of that pretty boy aesthetic and selling that pretty boy aspect in, you know, other media. And so I do have a strong fear that this will just basically be, here's these hot guys, look at them do cool action stuff, buy their products. <laughs> Which is uh, unfortunate because, as many people know, I've been defending Gohans for a long time because I loved K-Series so much. I loved Mardok Scramble. And I know that with the recent uh, Handshakers and W's series, they've been kind of uh, losing a lot of the fandom just because of how overly crazy they get with the the CGI and the panning shots. But it does feel like this one, they are taking a really solid step back. They're chilling out with a lot of that stuff. Mainly in the outside of combat areas, you don't have like them talking in a room and a, and a drone camera is flying 50 circles around them as they talk like you would get from handshakers or something. They're still using a lot of those crazy pans in their action scenes, which I'm perfectly fine with. Cause I think that kind of experimentation they've always done is always fun and exciting. I do like seeing them experiment and they, and that was essentially what drew me into them originally with case series was like that early shot with the guy you know, riding the skateboard down the street and it just kind of pans around them and it looks really cool. They're, like I said, returning to that kind of more subtle use of it. But the content in the show itself isn't really doing much. And that's that's where the struggle is coming for it so far. 
I have a lot of hope for them, but like I said, get, they need to get the story going for it, and some of the some of the CGI environments, which I think pretty much exclusively all the environments are CGI at this point. Um, some of them are pretty rough, <laughs> so. They they have like one of the opening credit scenes. They have like him on a beach side, and it's like, holy crap! Where did you get this these textures from? It doesn't match the characters because when they get overly like detailed with the textures, it it doesn't do the art style any justice. Which they've always had incredible character designs and everything. I think I think their character designs are fantastic, but um, yeah, the environments the environments need some work, definitely. Yeah, and then there also there's no mouth flaps during combat scenes, which is kind of weird. <laughs> they have these two characters just going at it. I think it was Kazuma and this other character. They're just going at it, and they're talking the entire time as they're going at it. And I'm like, their mouths aren't moving. What are they? Are they thinking to each other? Are they? Are they speaking telepathically? <laughs> maybe that's part of the tattoos. Maybe the tattoos allows them to do that. I don't know. I mean, maybe I didn't get it's that part into it yet. It's written by Yanagi, which is the same one that did Wise. So yeah, the story is not going to be that great. <laughs> well, so K stories. K is written by Miyazawa, Tatsuki Miyazawa. Return of I mean, Kings is written by Tatsuki Miyazawa. Yeah, the the problem is the with Handshakers. It's not Handshakers is very basic. It's just like here's a bunch of people fighting for this one thing. Like there's a tournament, basically. It's like it's an entire story based on a tournament, and this one kind of has that same feeling of like very basic story as an excuse to bring these people together. So yeah, that that kind of just throws away all, all hope that I have for the story being really solid. <laughs> Marduk Scramble is written mm. by somebody totally different. Uh, oh yeah, Marduk Kata. Scramble. I think it was like one of the few cases they they did somebody else's work, whereas. K and handshakers and all those. I think those are all pretty much originals. Yeah, we're we're getting very different uh, writers all across the board. Capillion is written by uh, Inoue. Oh, I forgot that they did Capillion too. Yeah. So yeah, it's, Capillion, it's, it, that was a, it, that was straight it up a seems manga. Like... That was an adaptation. I know Capillion was definitely not theirs. So maybe we should be looking at their. Um... Who is their screen? What are we anyway, looking at? Go ahead. I I, <laughs> I I was trying to find out who their uh, script uh, scriptwriter was. Oh, yeah. Because maybe that that'll help us figure out how who's doing the solid stuff and who's not. That it's okay. I'm 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 just I was just going off on a random tangent while you were uh, talking. Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, Scar on the Praetor. I I want Gohan's to be successful, so I, I'm hoping it does pick up. But, yeah. Let's move on to something really, really exciting to talk about, and that's Wonder Egg Priority. <laughs> if you guys haven't got enough of me on YouTube and Twitter barking about this show, uh, yeah. It's streaming on Funimation, running for 12 episodes, being done by Studio Cloverworks. It is an original series. The genres are psychological drama fantasy. The creator is screenwriter Shinji Nojima, who's been known for doing live-action dramas and movies. And director is Shin Wakabayashi, who did a directorial work for Days, Diary of Our Days, which is the 227 short. Aka 13 episodes, Attack on Titan, and working episodes. So, yeah. 
This one follows a girl named Aoi Oto, who is essentially a a shut-in. She had a really traumatic experience in her school where she was being bullied. And then some girl who was a transfer student decided to try to befriend her. And that girl ended up being bullied to the point that she committed suicide. And so Aoi pretty much locked herself up in a room and doesn't really go out unless it's like nighttime. And at some point, she comes across a an insect that leads her to a garden where she meets Akka and Uraaka, which are these two. They look almost like mannequins that can talk. And they are offering her these eggs that are in these kind of gachapon machines. And she buys the egg. And at some point, something tries to communicate to her to break the egg. And she ends up breaking it, and a girl comes out of the egg. And she's in a dream state at the time. And the idea is that she is supposed to protect this girl that comes out of the egg. And at the same time, defeat the thing that is trying to hunt down the girl. And if she can defeat the thing that's trying to hunt down the girl, that girl will be freed. And then you find out later, in doing this process, she can possibly restore the life of the girl that, you know is lost her, her friend uh, Koito. And over time you kind of meet, there's other girls that are doing the same process. They go to this Kachapan machine, get one of these eggs, go into a dream, break the egg, save the girl from the thing that was essentially drove them to suicide. And then hopefully restore something they've lost. Like I said, Aoto is basically trying to restore this friend of hers that committed suicide. We meet later a girl named Nero, who is trying to save her sister, uh, Rika, who is trying to save a fan of hers. <laughs> so that's kind of screwed up. <laughs> and then we meet uh, Momoe, who is trying to restore, it's, it seems like a, a girlfriend of hers. So, yeah, each one of these girls is going to this, ma- this dream world, cracking eggs, saving different tragic people. And like I mentioned before, the, the, the main thing to kind of focus on with each one of these stories that they, each one of these eggs they crack it's each one of these girls that come in the, out of these eggs. They they and I I, I need to double check it, but they they mention the fact that the girl that the, is released from the egg when they crack it could essentially be a girl who met the same fate as somebody else. Because Aoi basically in her dream world she can find a statue of her friend in her dream world, and when she saves some, uh, one of these girls. They mentioned that that could be a girl from somebody else's dream that's a statue. So that it seems like there's an interconnectivity between each of these dream worlds to somebody else's tragic loss. Later on, like in the fourth episode, I think it was. It was the third episode. I think it was the third episode. Maybe fourth. Anyways, they do mention the idea that this is strictly for girls. That they are trying to save specifically girls. or Only girls have this option available to them to be restored. Because they mentioned the idea that the the reason for a man and a woman being, you know, going to uh, committing suicide is often a case of men is it's more objective driven, whereas women it's more emotion driven. And in the case of emotion driven, it's something that can be easily swayed by somebody else's voice. And so this is like a route to be able to undo that mistake, so to speak, this regret that they can have. And so, yeah. And they kind of had another element to it, which is kind of the aspect of even though the girl that they're trying to save 
they can die. So if whatever is chasing them kills them, they will die. Or at least not exist. They're already dead, actually, technically. <laughs> die in that dream. Uh, whereas the girl that is cracking the egg that's trying to save them, they can be injured in that world but not die. But their injuries do transport to the real world. So in a lot of cases, when they come back to the real world, they're sometimes severely injured. Uh, one of the girls, Nero, she's like always ending up in the hospital because she goes and buys like 15 eggs at a time. So, yeah. Your thoughts on Wondering Egg Priority? I actually really, really have loved this show. Um, I want to be very clear. Like Andrew had mentioned, there, there is uh, themes of suicide. It's it's really, really dark story. Um, and so I've, I've actually had a really kind of rough time watching it. I haven't actually gotten to uh, Momoe's story, which uh, Andrew had mentioned. I didn't get to uh, that character yet. Um, but it has been one of those just super drama that I have actually – really kind of liked i just have to take it a lot slower than most of the shows that i've been watching so far i got i think i did one or two episodes and i was like okay this is enough for right now and i waited about a week to watch the next episode and i i i've been kind of really wanting to click on the next episode but it it, it is it is a really really heavy show and i've been kind of really debating on what i want to do with this show because it is just so heavy but it is a fantastic story. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I absolutely love I. Um, I really kind of liked uh, Neru and uh, Rika. Rika is actually a fantastic character. Um, the, the really cool thing about that I have m- most loved is actually seeing these characters develop. It's uh, I by the end of her first episode, she gets into the second episode. She really comes into her own uh, very quickly. Um, kind of st- every as you see each um, quote unquote bad guy, for lack of a better term, I don't know what else to better call it. The the dream the monsters, the, the yeah, dream bully, the, basically. Yeah, as she as she defeats each one of those, you can see her. Um, definitely come into her own. Every 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 character, she's becoming more and more confident in herself, and I think that that's going to be one of the really cool things that ends up happening with this storyline. Is uh, uh, she's already um, I think it was Nehru that that asked her a, uh some question involving, are you sure this is to save? your friend or something like that. And and it was like, I had the exact same thought. Is this more to save you rather than your friend? And it, it was such a fantastic, uh, kind of pre, uh, pre hint. And obviously to, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm just guesstimating it. I mean, it, it could actually be that she, she brings her friend back up from the dead, but it's such a really cool, it, it could go either way. I, and I'd be perfectly happy either way. I think this is such a fantastic uh, storytelling device that um, I, I give them all the credit in the world. Yeah, that was pretty much why I shot Chris in a text like right off the bat when I started watching it. it was like, uh, this is going to totally be Madoka Magica, isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> it had these feelings of Madoka Magica. Like, there's not. It, it's like one of those things where, like, there's an easy, there's, there's an easy answer for your problem. 
And it's an answer that w- they're claiming will undo something that seems impossible to undo. And so you're not telling us the whole story, right? Like you're totally Kyuubi, aren't you, Aka? <laughs> and that was the feeling. But it feels like with the last episode, it does feel like this is like sincerely something that is it, it will at least do something for them. It might not do what they think it's going to do, but it's going to do something for them. It's going to give them, hopefully, some kind of closure for what they're dealing with. But I do agree. I, I, I love this show to death. This is easily probably my favorite show this season so far. I'm just loving it to death. Um, Aoi, Aoi is, is absolutely adorable. She's had a chromia. And it frustrates the hell out of me because the reason why she's being bullied is because of her head of chromia. And that's the reason why I like her so much. It's like, what the crap? <laughs> and so it's like when Ko- uh, Koito, uh, Koito shows up, or Koito, Koito shows up, it's like, okay, yeah, at least somebody knows. <laughs> at least somebody gets me. <laughs> but no, every every character has been fantastic so far. It's it's like with with um, with Oto, she's she's got that aspect of where she's kind of isolated herself, and then yeah, like you mentioned, she's already seen progress in the idea that. In the in the first one that she deals with, the first bully slash bullied character that she deals with in a dream or the egg, she is she has this moment where she has to realize that she has to step out. Like she she needs to do something similar to what uh, Koito did for her. She has to step out there for somebody, and that kind of progresses as she grows more comfortable with speaking to the other girls that end up showing up. Naru, we haven't really gotten too much with Naru. She seems very. She's very discerning with how she speaks. Like you mentioned earlier, she's kind of pointing out the idea. Are you doing it for yourself or for her? Uh, Rika was was fantastic as well. I do agree. She she's very as as Otto kind of put it. She doesn't speak what she really feels. Like she speaks something, but she obviously thinks a different thing. Like Otto does see this other side of her, obviously not being as brash and mean as she she seems. When she was talking about the the girl that she's trying to save, it was her quote unquote wallet that she's trying wallet. to save. <laughs> this this girl that spent all of her money to buy stuff for her, and then she found out that she was shoplifting, so she she basically called her fat and a loser, and that she can't be seen with her. And that girl went off and committed suicide. And she's it's almost like she's trying to undo that, even though she claims she's her wallet and she doesn't care about her. She's always there to check the statue's warmth. Like she's you know every every one of these girls has a statue and. It seems like they get warmer the more that they they do to help them release. And Momoe was great as well. Like like I said, only really technically one episode of her, but she's obviously has somebody that was in a relationship with her was trying to have a relationship with her that seen her kind of like a boy. So like this there's this aspect of her, I guess, wanting to be seen as a girl, even though she's seen as a boy. And that was that was really cute when Oto. <laughs> like shows up and she's in tears and she's like, what do you see me as a crying girl? And it just broke her. <laughs> the sunflower, the guys claim that there's a, there's one of the girls is a sunflower and she's kind of, Oto is kind of special in that regard is she's the, she's the one that kind of brings the better out of people, I guess. Yeah. All that, all that is turning out to be a fan. I mean, <laughs> not even that many episodes into it already. And I'm just absolutely sold on this and I cannot wait for more. Like I mentioned earlier, it is, it is absolutely gorgeous. The the visuals and everything are great. They have so many amazing action scene moments where the animators seem like they're just going crazy and having a lot of fun with it. Um, visually, the character designs are fantastic. It looks great. 
each of the different stories, because every, every one of these eggs they're cracking essentially is a story. And you're learning about some girl that was, like, the, the first one was a girl that seemed like she was being bullied by a girl in her class. Uh, the second one was a, a gymnast, and her coach was bullying her. Uh, they had a couple in the in the in the the following episode where one was like two, uh, two fans of an idol that committed suicide because her their idol their their idol died, and then there was another one where there was a a girl that was being groped, and when she spoke up about it, it ended up being somebody at her father's work, and so they basically criticized her for doing this. It's just like Chris mentioned, they're very heavy stories. They're very brief, but they're impactful. And they're they're not unfamiliar stories, but they're still stories that are very painful to kind of listen to and understand and, and get into. So yeah, keep that kind of stuff in mind. It is dealing with a lot of a lot of suicide. I mean that that seems to be the idea it's they're they're trying to free these girls that are essentially regret they're 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 people who have been driven to that point where they had to end themselves so yeah it's it's gonna be really heavy but like I said the the way that they're doing it, it's very respectful it's very it's very hard hitting and I've been enjoying it to death so I will be looking forward to every episode of this it's like it's like this and rezero and possibly jobless or the, the three shows I'm going to be clamoring for new episodes of and, and promise Neverland. Oh my gosh. I started watching promise Neverland and it. Yeah. We'll get into that eventually. <laughs> under egg priority. Definitely a gem of the season. Like I called it. I actually called another one too. I'm kind of surprised. I called two gems. Just saying bottom tier character Tomozaki is our next one or Joku Chara Tomozaki-kun this one is streaming on Funimation running for 12 episodes studio is project number 9 the source is a light novel the director is Shinsuke Yanagi who did Angel 3P and Netogame Netoyome I'm sorry series composition by Fumihiko Shimo who did Eric T Clanad Golden Time she does tons of stuff fantastic work and this one follows a guy named Fumiya Tomozaki and we find out right off the bat that he doesn't like the game of life. <laughs> Instead, likes to play video games because the rules are simple. They make sense. You know, you can choose the character you want to choose. You can choose a top-tier character. You can build yourself up. It just feels like video games just make more sense than real life. Where real life, you can be dealt a bottom-tier character. And, you know, even though you might succeed in something, your body might fail you. So he just doesn't like the game of life, essentially. And he's playing currently a game called Attack Families, which essentially is Smash Bros. And so he's playing Smash Bros. <laughs> totally not. Totally not Smash Brothers. <laughs> he's playing Smash Bros. And at some point, he uh, essentially, one of his, I wouldn't call him, I guess you'd call him rivals. One of the, one of the people that's currently in the rankings just below him uh, contacts him and says, hey, I, I want to meet up in real life. And so he agrees to it. And what you know it, anime kicks in, and it ends up being the popular girl the in hottest, class. The <laughs> hottest girl in class? <laughs> yeah, the, this girl that's the hottest girl in her class, specifically his class, ends up being that other person. And she's very popular, and she's disgusted by him. She's very upset that she finally met this one person that she has been looking up to in Attack Families for so long, or I mean Smash Bros for so long. 
and kind of find out this person she looked up to in the game is a deadbeat. He has no respect for how he looks. His his clothes are in shambles. He is a deadbeat gamer, and she thought that he'd just be kind of a normal person in society. And even though he kind of takes, of course, he takes offense to that, and he's like, you know, you don't get it. You you got dealt a high tier character in real life. Not everybody gets that that ability, and kind of you know retorts back about how terrible the game of life is. She decides to take him back to her place, where she kind of you know dresses herself down, kind of strips away her. Her, you know, makeup and everything, and then he kind of, I don't know why, he doesn't recognize her. <laughs> um, well, that was that, kind of the point. I <laughs> <laughs> From that point, he kind of, they have a conversation, and I think the turning point in the conversation is the fact that even though she loves the game that he loves a lot as well, she views the game of life as being an equally challenging and fun to do. And so through this conversation, they come to an agreement that she's going to essentially help him succeed in the game of life. And he's going to allow her – he's going to do the challenges she puts forth in order to see if he can actually take on the game of life. And so from this point on, it essentially is her uh, giving him different challenges that he has to do, like talk to this specific girl two times a day for a week uh, – Wear a mask and always be smiling underneath the mask every time you're talking to somebody. All these different things that kind of help him learn social norms, learn how to, you know, get rid of his shyness, to step out there and communicate to people. And um, that's been pretty much the thing so far is just them kind of working out challenges, him trying to socialize different people. Um, They kind of realize at some point that one girl in his class does seem to have some kind of interest in him. And I'm really uncertain how that's going to turn out because the last episode, and this is specifically one I'm going to say, Chris, you can't spoil for me because <laughs> the last episode I watched, essentially, um, him and uh, him and Fuka, which is this girl that's in his class, uh, kind of talked about the fact that they like the same books, question mark, but they don't really. <laughs> and so he's he's possibly going to have to go on a date with her. So. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. So I will stay away Don't from the last episode. Don't spoil things beyond episode three. <laughs> um, no, I, it, it's bothering me. It is okay. I want to mention this, Chris. Um, Chris, who do you think is my favorite? But is best girl for me so far? Uh, unless you watch my video. I didn't actually watch your video. Um, you don't watch my video. Oh my gosh, my own brother doesn't watch I, my YouTube I try, videos. I try. I try. <laughs> I not set to. you up on that one. I set you I up tried. on that one. I I have tri- I have che- cheated on a couple of them because I was kind of curious as to what you were you had to say. But I try. I've been trying not to because I don't want to um, hear you like your you thoughts before and, and know all my thoughts beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I, I don't want to hear excuse, your thoughts Chris. before. Good excuse, and Chris. It, it is. It is. Um, but it, unfortunately, there's been a couple of them where I've been, wait a second. I really do want to hear it, what he says about this. And then I find out that you pay, made jokes about me, uh, my texts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to send you a clip of that just so you knew that I did that. But who, who do you think is best girl for Andrew so far? Um, I, you know, I know who my best girl would be, but... 
at the same time, my best girl it, it should be and who my best girl is is two different people. So the same here. I'm, same I'm here. actually all over. I'm actually all over the place on these characters because each one of them has their own charm. But I don't want to get into my 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 first impressions quite yet until you're completely done. So go ahead. But I want to know what, who, who do you think is my best girl? Just based off three uh, episodes. It should be Minami, honestly. It should be Minami. See, I got the same issue as you is where it should be this, but it's this. Fuka. Yeah, Fuka should not work for you at all. And, and, and the reason you asked me, the the only thing, the only thing that you're like, I know why you're asking me, Andrew, because obviously it's Fuka. It obviously it's Fuka. I mean, it shouldn't be. No, and, and it's Fuka, funny. You know why? It's a Kuderi character that is not full Kuderi. You know what? The reason yeah, why I don't I like Kuderi characters is because they're completely emotionless and they don't seem like they have anything going for them at all. But Fuka shows. That she likes something. Like, it, there's something that is obviously right at the front. This is something I care about. And this is something I'm seeking out. And so it's completely... It, it, she does seem like she fits the Kudere, even though she doesn't seem like she does. It, it At face value, that's what the archetype she is. And that's the archetype I'd never really care for. But I'm already like... And I hate it. Because based on three episodes so far, I hate the fact that their quote-unquote relation... Their established relationship so far is based off a lie, and I know that's not going to end well. <laughs> now, she thinks now, that she like, he likes a book, and he doesn't. He's using it as an excuse to go in there. I, now, out of curiosity, who do you think my best girl is? Mm, I'm going to probably say Yuzu. But I don't know the fourth episode. I don't know what happens in the fourth episode, and I know the Yuzu is next. Actually, see, and 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 Fuka and and uh, Hanabi or Tama should actually work for me. Both of those characters, and I really do love them. Um, but Aoi has actually uh, shaken out as my favorite character in this show. I and hated her at first; like she was I, totally I did too. like I, the moment that she opened her mouth when they first met. I was like, "Get away from this girl! This is like it, she's it, like it, super judgmental." And then, like, yeah, like I've said before, it, it she, over time, explains her frustrations, and then her ability to help him, her little goofy quirks that she has, where he's like, every time she does it, he's like, yeah, you're totally a gamer. Like, just sprinkling stuff on her stuff, or her food. Yeah, I, 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 they're all, fa- but that's the thing, they're all fantastic so far. Like, the only one well, that I'm, is- like, hesitant on right now is Hanabi, and that's because we really haven't got anything from her, but, you know, stinky stares. <laughs> Poor thing. It, the the funny thing is 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 Owie, uh drops a hint that there's another character on his um on his playthrough, and and that was absolutely a, a a yeah girl you did it and and I loved it and and since then I she she has absolutely shined in this story and I don't want to go any farther on this. The funny thing is about this is I. Absolutely. I I wish I didn't wait so long to watch this show. I really, really wanted to watch this show because it was on it was on my list as one of the shows that I wanted to watch. And I kind of waited until I think I started watching it a few days ago. And I I absolutely binged the crap out of this because I loved it so much. I I the 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 fact that they one of the cool things that they do in this story is 
they speak to a lot of us uh, in, a, in, in gamer terms. And one of the cool things that they do about in, in this story is they, they say, look, I understand that the world seems kind of difficult. And it, 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 it doesn't have to be as difficult as you think it is. Just try these little tidbits. And it speaks to us as gamers and says, try this. That didn't quite work. That's fine. It's okay. You're okay as you are. You just have to change your tactics. And for some of it, for some of us, it, it, it will speak perfectly to us, and we will understand it, and we will get it. And it, and it, and a lot of these things will work. It's not about whether or not you become the best character right away. Change little things at a time. And it and it speaks to us in on this level, in in volumes. And just take these little itty bits of advice, and and you can change yourself. And that's the whole point of the story. And I love that it's doing that. I don't know that I would necessarily give it that much credit. <laughs> I I do I do love the message in it and the idea that it's it's just trying. Like you you don't for anybody that's out there that has you know you know essentially been isolated or, or, or socially in a bit in having an social inability to kind of communicate with people like that. It, it is a hard thing to get over getting over being kind of outed, being a part of the group, being isolated. There is these steps of being able to kind of step out there and try. And I do think it gives a great message of, Try like step out there and speak to somebody. Step out there and communicate to somebody. And equally, the other way around is if you see somebody that is not a part of the group and is isolated, be the one that you know walk over there and and tell them you know what's up. You know, hi, how's it going? Be the one that reaches out. And I think that message is there, and I think it's solid. But I think I don't want to say this is something one of those. Here's the answer for everybody. I think that's a very difficult thing to really say because there. Well, no, and, and this, I, and I, this show is definitely not trying to, you know, have any kind of solid communicate. Any, it's not being hard hitting. This is very convenient stuff. I mean, most popular girl in school communicates to him. Every time he talks to somebody, they're always open to talk to him, and I don't think that's really realistic in any regard. I think a lot of these situations would not be that well, convenient. No, I and and I think on that end, I think it's because all of these are actually uh, gamers. Yeah, and I can see that definitely. And, and but it, it is one of those things where it's like, okay, there's all the popular characters, and they're all technically gamers, and again, convenience there. <laughs> but no, I, I do I do like the message of of trying. I do like the message of reaching out and communicating to people because I think that is an important thing. I I mentioned it in my video about. Uh, you know, isolation and bullying. I think it's important to to try not to let yourself fall into that pit because you know life is important and people are important. But yeah, the, <laughs> I will say some of the challenges are extremely basic level stuff here. I mean, they're 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 getting into like well, the the steps of communication. Somebody brings up topic. <laughs> it's like oh my gosh, we're getting like super basic stuff here. But I I, I do. I do like the fact that it pushes him forward to try things. And and I think that's that's the point. That's that's kind of what I was trying to hint at is 
that a lot of this is um, is is just take it one little itty bitty step at a time. Uh, yes, there's the the she has the moderate uh, challenges and the and the hard challenges, but it's it's little itty bitty things at a time. Do this, change change your clothes, change your your hairstyle. You don't have to go to uh, dating the um, the the prom princess right away. Get just just try talking to her. You know. Try and talk to this character. It, it, you don't have to get to the end goal right away. Yeah, baby steps. I agree. But no, I, I like I said before, I, I absolutely love all the characters, and I think that's what's really making this show so far for me. Is like I said, I, I had my problems with uh, Hinami at first, but she's kind of turned into a character that obviously cares and has her own little quirks about her. I, I like how he, he'll screw up a conversation and she just so quickly snaps in there and fixes it. Like <laughs> the, the whole aspect of him correcting his posture was important. And so she kept like grabbing his bottom to get him to stand up straight. And so later on when they're with the rest of the people and they're talking about doing something, he's like, I need to figure out some ways of exercising my butt. <laughs> they're like, Exercise your butt, and then she jumps in there and is like, yeah, look, I, I'm looking for some exercises for my butt, too. So I want to firm it up. I, I just liked how she was – she's quick to kind of remedy different conversations and, and kind of support him through the, the process. Like I mentioned before, Nanami should be, like, my favorite because she's, like, the Genki character. But uh, obviously she's going to have some kind of issue that she's overly correcting with her positivity. Uh, like I said, Fuka is definitely up there. Was as just up there as kind of adorable. And Izumi, I haven't really, I didn't seen her episode yet, but I'm I'm sure that there's going to be something cool about her. So we'll see. We'll see as it goes on. <laughs> Freaking the sister keeps walking in. <laughs> One of his goals for the week was to have somebody ask him if he's trying to get laid or something like that, and he comes in all excited. I'm like, it was a sister, wasn't it? <laughs> It was his sister that had to bring it up. Uh, the sister is the peanut gallery, obviously. But yeah, that's, uh, that's bottom tier character Tomazaki. Definitely solid so far. Uh, the next two, I guess, we put together at Cells at Work. We have Cells at Work second season and Cells at Work Code Black. Apparently they thought that we didn't have enough Cells at Work, so they decided to put two in the same season. And I'm kind of happy about that. I, because Code Black essentially we have a second season, obviously with with Cells at Work. For those that don't know, it's basically uh, essentially makes human personifications of every cell in the human body, and it it plays it out like as if they're in a you know a real world setting with buildings and everything, but they're actually the cells inside of a human body that are working to keep the body moving. And every now and then they introduce different aspects like allergies, cancer, all these other things that would affect the human body and how these characters that are the personification of these cells react to the situation. Like I, I got a huge kick out of the, the first season where they had the the allergy happening and suddenly everything starts overreacting to everything, which is exactly what the human body does in the case of allergies. And... Like I said before, there this is then this season we have a second season. Unfortunately, it's only going to be eight episodes long, and it's being done by the same studio, which I'm totally excited for. But like I said, we're also having another show this season, which is Code Black, which is 
a spin-off manga that somebody else created based on the property where it's essentially in a human body that is not taking care of himself at all. So cells at work in general has always been kind of this body that is having different things happen to it, almost seeming naturally happening to it, even though, you know, things like cancer is not normal. And then this other manga is technically taking that and going, well, what would happen if we follow the cells inside of a body that is just doing everything wrong, drinking, smoking, uh, sex, all this kind of stuff that is affecting it in a negative way. It, it, it's insinuating prostitution, by the way. I'm not saying sex is a bad thing. <laughs> so it's a completely different angle from the view of just a normal body to a body that is completely unhealthy. And I'm happy that these two are on the same season just because I don't know that I could watch Code Black like entirely by itself. Because it feels like almost like we're getting these really bad cases of Code Black. And then we'll have an episode of Sales at Work's second season, which is more bubbly and more happy. <laughs> Because Code Black is just completely dark and depressing. <laughs> and there's nothing good happening in the body of Code Black. And they want to remind you that every two seconds and the world is falling apart. It's like Armageddon and Code Black. Sells at work second season. It's just kind of like natural, normal. <laughs> so what what are your thoughts so far on, on Code Black and the second season of Sells at Work? I, I really do like it. I think that it's been... <laughs> Code Black has been absolutely brutal. I, the poor lolly platelets are are just like I don't even want to deal with you. Get out of my way. <laughs> so it's like they're jaded. I, yeah, it's it, it, everybody is jaded in the, the this poor uh, in in this one. It's it's I it, it is I I love the fact that it's absolute absolutely a complete and total flip mirror of the entire diff, uh, opposite in every way. Like the 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 white cells are female, the the red cells are are red are are male. Are Shinji Akari? Yeah, it's 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 just been an absolute uh, too much fun to see the 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 differences in in how they're they're reacting, and and it's like I I I wonder how far they're going to take this mirror, and and, and does that. Is is that meaning that literally everything is because um I don't think the platelets are um uh cross gendered so it, the it'll only be gender interesting. swap they did in the entire series is the white and red, red cell everybody else is so the same. far like it seems, mar- macrophage yeah. uh everything else is pretty much the same but it, it it has been an absolute blast I I I do like the very very different tone. It seems you definitely feel like things are desperate all the time, and that is actually one of the fascinating things that they've pulled off in this story. Um, and and it's and it's funny because it, when I when I, I think that I I texted Andrew or or, or uh, that it, it it it's it's hard to express how much more of a more desperate that this this story feels and it's like and i think uh andrew had mentioned well um there there cells at work they're already um desperate all the time too but and it and i was like yeah but it doesn't feel the same i don't know how to better explain it than it feels more desperate and and i think that they pulled that off well because the original cells at work have moments where they actually just stand around and talk about 
goofy things like <laughs> how's the white blood cells doing? Is he going to get some tea tomorrow? And how we can help the <laughs> the the backwards cap uh, platelet get stronger? Whereas in cells that work code black, it's they're barking get, at each we other. We need more oxygen. Where's <laughs> oxygen? Bring more oxygen here. We're running out of oxygen. Now we're drunk. Go to the liver. We need more oxygen. Where's my oxygen? Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, it sucks because I, I'm fine with the fact that they gender swap the white and red's blood cell, but I, at the same time, that means that we get Shinji Akari for the main character, and he just whines about stuff all the time, <laughs> just funnels up in a ball. But so, I, so I'm kind of wanting to have like you know, a new series where we have the red blood cells from the original series and the white blood cells from the code black. And we just make it Yuri. Cause why not? <laughs> okay. I can go with that. <laughs> but no, I, like I mentioned before, I, I, I think the only thing that makes me struggle with this so far is I, I, I almost want to, I almost feel like code black is too grim. Like, and, and it makes sense it why is. it is. It's the body. The body is dying. Like this, this body is literally dying. But at the same time, it it doesn't. It's not entertaining. It's just depressing. <laughs> that it is, is. The only, the only it, fun that we got out of the whole situ- the whole series so far, and like the three or four episodes I watched, is we essentially got to see a shonen version of an erection. Like they they somehow managed to make a shonen portrayal of that, and it was absolutely dorky to see like all these red blood cells marching down this hallway and, and push against walls and them trying to explain what's happening. And I'm going, and then they have over here, they have these goofy little <laughs> tadpole <laughs> personifications in a tunnel and wondering when they get to go out <laughs> and all the, and all the Sotoli cells going, it's okay. You're going to get your moment to go. <laughs> And I'm like, I, no, okay, no, what's the worst? They made it, what's the worst? They, made it, they make <laughs> it all happy, and, and the red blood cells like, we did it, we did it, we we, we were ma- we managed to uh, get this make body to be able like, to reproduce, no, no, and then when they're like, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, what Chris has said, it, it's like this, this no, it, it's not always to reproduce, and it's like, well, we're not even going to get into what happened to those sperm cells, are we? <laughs> It's just absolutely uh. wrong, absolutely wrong. So, yeah, it, like I said, it's just it's it's like continuous depression and not really much happiness. And I guess I guess to Chris's usual kind of argument to there, it's where it's just not fun. Yeah, where, but like I said, it does help to have the second season of the original work kind of there to jump back to. Unfortunately, for the most part, I watch Code Black straight. And then I watched the Cells at Work second season right after that. So I'm like, okay, I got, I got that fluff back up. I got to see my cute little platelets trying to get stronger. And 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 the the mama platelets, you know, yelling at them and getting them stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and microfage awesome, slaughtering she? stuff. <laughs> I hated her at first. And then I was like, no, I, I, I really do like her. <laughs> she gave him <Yeah>. a medal. <laughs> So yeah, it's it, it's been fun watching the two of them. Um, and the unfortunate thing is, at some point, we're probably going to run out of episodes of the original Cells at Work second season because I think it's only going eight episodes, and then there'll be nothing but black left. And then you're going to be watching the depressing dying body. <laughs> That's it. So yeah, 
yeah, definitely check that out. Like I said, it, it's always been fun watching Sales at Work in general with like the first season and the second season as well. Is this this aspect of making the human body, which we're obviously all knowledgeable, is an extreme, extremely complicated thing that is mind-boggling how it works to see it kind of personified in a fun way that I don't think I'd ever... I wish I had it when I was in school. That would yeah, have been a I, lot of fun. It, it, is, it is one of those things. It's like, I do love the fact that they, how much, how much detail they get into all of this, that you can, you may not know everything and, and it may not be perfectly exactly how it works, but at least you get a rough idea of how all this stuff works. And it, and that's, that's one of the things that I do really love about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, moving on to the hidden dungeons only I can enter. Oridake Haireru Kakushi Dungeon Kosori Kitate Sekai Saikyo, which is a series that's running on Crunchyroll, running for 12 episodes, being done by Studio Okuruto, sorry, Okuruto Noboru. Uh, source is a light novel. Genres are action, adventure, harem, etchy, fantasy. This one follows a guy named Nor Stardia. <laughs> He is part of a noble family that's not really a noble family. He, their family is kind of looked down upon by all the other nobles because they're not legitimately a noble family. They kind of were I, – I forget exactly how it was explained, but they essentially, since their family aided the 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 royal family, they were kind of given the status of, of being nobles. But they're, again, not technically inherently a noble family. I don't know if He's you got something He's a baronet, different. which – He's a baronet. The baronets are just just above knights, really. Yeah. So basically, because of their service, they they are given this title. But so that, like I said, they're the, the other noble families don't really look upon them like that. They're still poor and everything. But uh, essentially, at some point, you kind of find out that he doesn't really have really good skills. He just has one very unique ability, which is the ability to ask a question of a, a great sage. And there's a side effect to this where he gets like an incredible headache whenever he asks a question, but this great sage will answer any question that he has. And so at some point he's trying to get stronger. So he asks the great sage, how can I get stronger? And the great sage tells him to go to this dungeon that is hidden and say this passphrase at the door. It'll let you in. He does that. And inside of this dungeon, he ends up finding this great mage named Olivia Servant. And Olivia Servant is, again, a world-renowned great sage, but she is chained up and unable to move from this one location. He kind of offers to, you know, rescue her from it, but she says if the chains are broken, she's going to die. And so she's taking, you know, instead she's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bestow upon you my abilities, my, my skills. And she ends up giving him the ability to create, edit, and something else. I forget what it was. And everything that he does with these ability to create and edit uses this unique mana, basically, called LP. <laughs> Which, so everything that he wants to create, like he wants to create a new ability, it'll cost a certain amount of LP. If he wants to edit a skill, it'll cost a certain amount of LP. And if he ever reaches zero LP, he dies. And the only way to restore this LP is he has to do one of three things. One, do something, you know, that a, you know, a man would want to do, like some kind of lustful thing. 
two, eat food, or three, gain riches. And so it kind of follows him as he tries to join the the ranks of the knights um, because apparently trying to get a job, normal job's not working out because <laughs> the nobles are essentially squashing him out of society. Get a get get into the ranks of the knights and get stronger and and uh, at the same time build abilities and get stronger through use of this create and edit ability that he got from Olivia Servant. So, and he's joined with his childhood friend Emma, who obviously is thirsty for him, but he doesn't realize <laughs> the Adventures Guild uh, uh, attendant Lola and her. You know, going after him because she realizes that he is the apprentice to Olivia Servant, and then later we met uh, Luna, who is a cleric who has the ability to erase curses, but at the cost of her own life, and is absolutely fantastic, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, right now, currently, uh, I think I've watched three, maybe four episodes. They're trying to find a cure for this girl. I think Luna Maria. was. I think Luna was in episode five. Was it? Did I get to five? Oh, I'm sorry. Episode four. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it was episode four. So, yeah. Your thoughts so far? I I I do. I've actually really enjoyed this show. I get uh, such a kick out of the. Um. So far, he he does have an extremely overpowered uh, uh, ability, which is um, the between the great sage, which tells him how to fix the world, and um, Olivia Servant's uh, abilities, which is basically to basically adjust anything's stats or change anything in any way, shape, or form that he desires. And what was the other one? The uh, erase? It was yeah, probably. Edit, create. Oh, create and edit. And it was edit basically uh, edits anything and create basically creates anything. So he... He gets away with pretty much anything, and I love the fact that he he they went so far as he went to the great sage and said, "How can I make this much?" Um, or no, it was Olivia's servants. A bit, uh, he went there and said, "How can I make like twenty thousand life points really fast?" And she's like, "Give yourself lucky lecher," and, and so he does. It's <laughs> like, yes, that's just awesome. And then he edits it. Wait, why are you doing that? <laughs> um, don't but don't yeah, he, go off whenever there's a serious situation. <laughs> and it's it's i i love the 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 no holds barred in this show i mean the the great sage ability gives him a headache unless he goes and kisses on on one of his harem members and he's even gotten so far as to um in certain situations he just goes ahead and uh uh hugs on his little sister and she's completely fine with it she's like Sure, I'll 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 get into bed with you. It's like okay, whatever. Yeah, one of the aftercasts <laughs> point was like uh, Alice in the bed with them, and he's like, "Well, it's my sister. Obviously, I wouldn't get LP points from that." Ding. Never mind. I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, it it is just one of those. Yeah, it, there's nothing special here, but hey, it's goofy, etchy fun, and I love it. Yeah, that's. I I think the. It does have the overpowered character thing already, but I do like the fact that it doesn't. It it isn't always the answer, at least so far. Like every now and then, he'll be going, "Okay, here's a situation. I got to get rid of this curse. Oh, it's going to cost me ten thousand p- 
points and I only have 2000. So obviously I can't just do this. This is not, it's not immediately the answer is to use ability. Now granted, they'll kind of offset that later by going, oh, I'll just edit instead. Yeah, he he it, he finds ways around it all the time. <laughs> he'll find yeah he'll find a way around it, make an overpowered ability, but it's not always the answer right off the bat immediately. And I I, I do think it is kind of help. It it does have a solid cast so far. I do like a lot of the characters, um, especially Olivia. I mean, she is an absolute treasure for this show. Like every and it sucks because she's always in this dungeon locked up, but every time he does like meet with her or something, it is an absolute treat. She's She's, her Seiyu is fantastic, and and the comedy that comes from the conversation between the two of them is is always pure gold. So I, I've really enjoyed Olivia. I, I kind of hope that eventually they do kind of release her from there, and she does become more of a prominent part of the show. Because while I do love Luna, I think she was she's absolutely goofy. Like she has like a side effect to her ability. Whenever she uses like too much mana, she becomes like super cowardly. <laughs> so it's like this this side effect to anything that she does do. Um, because I th- I think Emma and Lola weren't really doing too much for the show early on, just because they are pretty they're pretty basic harem, and that kind of hurts it a little bit. But so far, the recent cast with with Olivia being more prominent and and Luna being added to it, I think they're getting there their stride with the chemistry going forward. So I, 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 I do agree. It is a very, I, I agree. It's a basic harem. And at the same time, I disagree because, um, because uh, they actually kiss Andrew. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, not, not just that more along the lines of your, while he is kind of a ditherer, he's also, um, he, Uh, he has an excuse to be, yeah, he's definitely not basic in the idea. He's not basic harem protagonist. It's just basic harem elements, like the whole yeah. Every girl is after him, and they fight with each other, just like typical harems do. Yeah, he he the he he does kind of offset it a lot, and it's it's kind of nice to see the kind of um, lightning bolts going between Emma and Lola. It's something that I have not seen in for. Ever and it's it's nice to see it once in a while. Haven't seen it forever, really. It, it is very ba- the, it it does hit, it does hit a lot of the tropes that we haven't seen in a while. I will agree with that. It, it seems like it's been forever. I mean, it might it, it might not have been as long as it seems, but it does seem like it's been a long time since I've seen stuff like that. Maybe <laughs> maybe maybe the Emma has maybe a, the um. Sugamomo might have done it a couple of times. That's very possible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Emma comes in and she's like, my her her back's hurting, her shoulders hurting, so he just <laughs> added the size of her chest. <laughs> she's but like, I do take it back, bigger. take it back. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 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 been a lot of fun. Yeah, Yui Horier, that that's who Olivia is. Totally recognize her voice. She she's just perfect for that role. really fun though it is it, it has been a lot of fun i surprisingly a lot of fun so definitely looking forward to more of it so yeah the hidden dungeon dungeon i can only i can enter uh Layback camp's back we have season two of Layback camp streaming on crunchyroll running for 13 episodes being done by studio c station sources and manga genres are slice of life comedy and seinen if those don't know what Layback camp it is essentially 
uh, follows several girls. I think pretty much for the most part for the first season, it, it followed mainly uh, four girls, but then they kind of added Anna in later. And then season two seems to have her more prominent with this season, but essentially five, uh, five girls who camp and the different things that they experience, different places they go to. And uh, you kind of go along with the ride with them um, as is kind of been the, the, key point of why the series has kind of done so well but what's your thoughts so far on on second season rind it seems like she's actually doing things with other people for once <laughs> yeah um i actually have really liked um i've only seen a couple of episodes i think i'm only at like episode three or so it's so nice to get back to it the absolute chill um environment uh, and and uh just it's been great. I I've loved it and just kick back and watch them do their thing. Yeah. The, the great thing that was with the first season and definitely is, is happening in with the second season is that it just somehow pulls off this extremely inviting and soothing nature. Like you, and it's funny because it is an extremely slow show. Like the, there is no pacing whatsoever in this series. It's just kind of just relaxing and, long shots of different views and the character just reading a book or cooking something or having a campfire. But it's always done in the way that is extremely well done. I don't know if it's, you know, between the character designs, the, the environment, the visuals, the background shots, all that kind of stuff the music, it all creates like this extremely inviting environment where you you're it's almost like you feel like you're there with them even though it's extremely cold to the character in the, in the environment they're in it's extremely warm and in kind of emotion and everything and it and it's it's crazy because as i'm i i realized when i was watching it with this season i almost had this extreme it's almost like a feeling of jealousy uh, a, a feeling of longing like you, you want to be there. Like it, it makes you want to go out and start camping. Like it, it's been so long since I've done gone out and camping, and it's just making me want to get right back into. It. And I know I had that same feeling with the first season, and it's just equally happening in the second season. It's just these really fun to be with characters that are just going out, relaxing and enjoying the view and enjoying the sights. It, it seems like you know a good majority of the show is kind of mixed between, you know, just the, the how to's of camping. Like with the very beginning of the season, we got a good cool backstory of Rin and how she first got into camping. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because I had this moment of like, wait, is this pre camping Rin? It is dad. Grandpa left some camping stuff behind. I'm like, Oh crap. She's pinching up a tent for the first time. This is her origin story. But, um, I, I, I got, I poked, I poked fun at mom and said, Look, mom, uh, rent, uh, the, the squirrel is learning how to, how to camp and everything like that. And, and, and I showed her, uh, Rin on her little scooter as she's driving out and, and, and said, look, that's where her tent and all of her stuff is on the, on the back. So yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah. This is just that kind of, uh, just, I totally forgot where I was at because you interrupted me again. <laughs> But no, it's just it's just great characters that you just want to you have you have a lot of fun being with as they're kind of doing all this stuff. Yeah, it, like I said, it's it's a, that's what I was, was, was what I was getting into. It's just it's a mixture of that kind of how tos of camping, just very kind of simplified and fun. I I do learn a lot of stuff from it just watching through it. Then there's kind of this mixture of just the camaraderie and the friendship between these girls, and then like the sightseeing aspect of it. And it was funny because they, they brought a character back in that was in the... I don't know if it was a... I think, yeah, it was, it was in the first season. 
uh, that was more into hiking. And I totally thought they were going to make a spin-off of hiking instead. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just kind of sightseeing stuff. And it does feel like every now and then, like, it's obviously some kind of advertisement for a, a, a different district or whatever. But it's always done in a really fun and, and inviting nature. So that's been always the the great thing about layback camp and they're definitely repeating with the second season. It's just, yeah, I don't know why I love it so much, but I just love just watching them relax and enjoy the time. So, which is really great. <laughs> it was really great. Cause I watched this, like I watched the second season or got caught up sometime yesterday and I was kind of getting a little bit stressed out by the fact that I had so much to watch and stuff, so much stuff to cover, so many videos to record so many, I had to get the outline put together, record the podcast, getting prepared for this. And then I suddenly, out of nowhere, just suddenly go, and I watch your <laughs> laid back camp season two. And I'm like, oh, I'm relaxed. <laughs> so it is like, it is the, the pinnacle of a Yashike. And I know that we, with our 2020 best ofs, it was literally the only show that was in the Yashike category was laid back camp, the, the short that they did. And it'll probably be this this year as well. Is like all you have to relax with is laid back camp, and it's it's the pinnacle of it. No, nope. we got Nana Miori too. I don't know. It just depends on how because they they again Nana Miori has that loudness about it every now and then. But yeah, it uh, Nana Miori is totally chill too most of the time. <laughs> most of the time <laughs> when they're when they're not playing like. When that yeah, no, not crazy playing a samurai battle or whatever that was, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, that's that's I layback I season two, you, but not too much. <laughs> yeah, layback camp season two. It is definitely a gem of the season, as it always is, and um, looking forward to more of it. Uh, next one, did you watch this one? Yes, Umamuzume Pretty Derby season two, or yeah, it's pretty much Japanese style too. <laughs> We're streaming on Crunchyroll for 13 episodes. The studio is Studio Kai instead of Studio PA Works. Of course, Studio PA Works did the first season. Now Studio Kai is doing the second season. Uh, this is, of course, based off of a mobile game. And these are our sports, slice of life, and comedy. So, yeah. What's up, Chris? What What is what is the deal with season two? I, I, I guess to get people caught up, season one essentially followed this girl's season, uh, special week as she moved down to this location to join a university which trains uh pretty derby which is girls that you know are essentially personifications of horses that race and then do performances for the crowd and the cool thing that was with the first season and obviously the property of uma muzume pretty derby is it essentially takes real horses and again makes them into cute anime girls that race and perform and they technically followed a lot of the actual real life horses, you know, ups and downs, <laughs> which was kind of interesting. But um, yeah, that's for the diehards that really want to get into all that kind of stuff. So, what's going on with season two? Did you you haven't seen it at all? No, this is one of the ones I didn't get a chance to get to. Well, I've got good news and bad news. They are following. Not special week. They are following Tokai Teo. And this is both a good thing and a bad thing. It, it, it livens it up and gives it something fresh to work with. Um, special week is still there. Um, of course, at the end of uh, season one, Suzuka had moved away. 
So we are getting a fresh cast. Um, we've got new rivalries to work with. And a lot of all the old characters, don't get me wrong, it's not like they've all disappeared. They're all in the background. They Special Week is in the same group as uh, Tokai Teo. Um, it's just... It's it's one of those things that when yeah I've I've absolutely um, when I finally started to get into Tokai Teo because this is the, the 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 biggest frustration was at the beginning it was like this is not special week why are we following this other character well, if I remember correctly Tokai Teo was like it seemed like she was even more Yankee than special week was wasn't she in the first season yeah in 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 a way she is. Um, I'm not going to say she's bad. She, she, I, I do really bad. like her. Now, now, yeah. Now that, now that I've gotten used to her, um, I, she, she's a, she's a character who's, who's fighting and wants to, wants to work really hard and get, uh, become the undefeated champion of, of the triple crown. Once I got used to her, um, I've really started to like her. She, she actually ends up with, uh, in a, in a lot of ways, uh, kind of mimicking uh suzuka's story uh of having uh, a broken leg and then um fighting to get herself back up before a certain point and then what happens after that i'm gonna leave that without spoiling into any of that stuff we know what happens um, when horses get broken legs <laughs> yeah <laughs> they right? end up as glue <laughs> um so she she fights really really hard to succeed and and that 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 ended up enduring her to me in a lot of ways um I, like i said i'm i'm a sucker for underdog stories and she's absolutely one of those um just like special week was all that stuff so it's 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 really i i did finally warm up to tokai but it did – it was – I don't want to say it was jarring because you just kind of – when it comes to a lot of these shows, some of them you just kind of go, okay, obviously this is the story that we're going down, so let's go go in that way. But it, I did end up kind of missing Special Week in, in a strange way. Um, she I, – I did end up falling in love with her in the first season, and I just – I miss her. I want more of her, and it, it – I, I, I miss like, Suzuka. I just, I just like hearing cute announcer girls yelling Special Week. and and then we've got um mcqueen which is she's mcqueen is a a special thing she's like suzuka and and a couple of the other characters all mixed up into one and because she's she's a rich girl and she's kind of the she's she's special in her own way and i actually kind of wish we were following her more than tokai i don't know why tokai doesn't work for me <laughs> but yeah this that's where i'm at with this show i'm i'm still loving it it's it's great and have fun i like it all right so the most important question that everybody has one is studio kai doing just as good a job as pa works and two how much cgi just the races, just like the old show, if I remember right. Yeah, the old show did have races CGI. But, I mean, characters staying on model looking good and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, they they, they look fine. I, I haven't really noticed anything, but I'm not the one who kind of notices that. You tend to notice it long before I do. Yeah, I, 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 I have... <laughs> I did see it in uh, in uh, Hidden Dungeon. I yeah. did notice that. <laughs> you know that I totally forgot to mention that. <laughs> Hidden Dungeon only, I, yeah, that one's way bad models half the time. Oh, cool. I definitely want to check that out. 
So yeah, that's uh, Uma Muzume Pretty Derby second season. Next one we have is Idoli Pride. This one is streaming on Funimation, running for 12 episodes. Studio is Lursh. The source is an original. The genres are music and drama. Series composition by Tatsuya Takahashi, who did Idolmaster Cinderella Girls. And yeah, this one essentially follows a... It kind of starts off at the present time where this guy named Kohei is the producer of several girls, and they're going off to do a performance and then it quickly jumps back five years and shows how this producer guy or manager guy Kohei uh, originally met a girl named Mana at her at his school and Mana was seeking to become an idol and she essentially dragged him into essentially being a manager of him or her at this particular location Hoshimi Productions and he kind of Again, gets kind of drugged into it, following her as she becomes an idol. And they, they do have a weird system for the idols in this particular world. Is Essentially, their performance is rated based on an AI program and not necessarily their actual following. And it, it's, it's said to be this way in order for every idol to be on the same level in performances and, and competitions. And so this AI will actually dictate what, what they're doing good or not. But anyways, again, during this kind of flashback, you're following Kohei as What was it called? Huh? Venus Project? Wasn't it called Venus Project or something like that? Probably. Kohei is working with Mana, and Mana is performing, and she's going up in the ranks higher and higher, all the way to the point that she's going to go to this competition, and tragedy strikes, and she loses her life, and jumps forward two more years. And he is still working at the Hoshimi Productions, and he's doing currently uh, recruitment for a new project, which is going to involve a group of girls performing together. And wouldn't you know it, (laughs) the sister of Mana is one of the people that's trying out, and also this other girl named Sakura. And Sakura seems to have a voice similar to Mana's, whereas again... The sister is joining because she wants to, I guess, uh, reach the same levels as her sister, who she lost. And that's been so far what I've gotten. I, I, I honestly <laughs> stayed up way too late last night trying to watch this show because I knew it was possibly going to be a gem based on the first couple minutes of it that I watched. And so I kind of pushed through, I think, two, maybe three episodes I got to the point where uh, he just they just got them all to the place they're all going to stay, like the dorms where all the girls are going to stay, and they quickly introduced to, uh, the entire group, and then it kind of I, – I stopped there, and I had to pass out. <laughs> Did you get very far into this? They've added, they've added one more character since then, and you want to know what her little thing is? Uh, sure. She can see somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that is the kind of the other quirk that is being involved with this series is that Kohei can still see the ghost of Mana, and she apparently has uh, some unfinished business that they're trying to figure out what it is. One can assume it may just be the fact that getting her sister to reach the level she did, or possibly something else, or or surpass her. It's it's. I I do really I've loved the writing in this story. Uh, it's 
the the characters are very relatable a lot of the um stories are 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 just right there where you can see the the heart in each one of these characters i i really do like what they're doing here um the 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 quirk is is okay i can see it i i hope that they they pull off something with this i adding this new character who can see uh see mana as as well as as kohei i i really don't understand how they're planning on in integrating that into the story um i assume they're going to integrate it at some point um it it being kohei you can kind of see it as this kind of thing to give him a um a reason because the the whole producer thing is is kind of a um has always been this thing that they 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 play off of of producers kind of this um blank character for lack of a better term and so in this one they're trying to give him some kind of a personality and to have him have mana as a as something to bounce off of to give these characters what they need to um become the 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 best idols that they can be each one of them in their own way um is is kind of an interesting uh twist to have um this new character come in um and be able to see mana gives another angle for mana to interact with the other girls now so far they've said that they're going to keep it a secret you know that they're not going to always do that but the interesting thing is with uh Mana's little sister, uh, uh, Kotono. That puts a twist in this because of the fact that no matter who they, if it if it comes from Kohei or if it comes from May, I think is May is the one that uh, is the the cat girl that uh, you haven't met yet. Um, one of those two implies that Mana is a ghost involved in this. That's going to turn off uh, Kotono in a big way if they're being serious about the right the character writing. If not, um, and she just accepts it, I'd be kind of disappointed. But as it stands right now, it's it's a really interesting mix of things that they're doing here, and I can't wait to see what they do in the future. I really can't. Yeah, I, I do agree that the this is kind of a very rare case of an idol show where producer's not just a producer and they literally just call him producer and he has nothing going to him, but being possibly a little quirky or something goofy to give them some kind of personality, but never really a story. So I do like the idea of having him be like more of a critical role and how it's all kind of being developed. I am a little bit, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of disappointed to hear that you you mentioned that it is a case where somebody else can see Mana, because that does it changes it from is this all in his head to okay, this is literally a ghost, and which is not not a terrible thing because it's literally just two directions that can take the story. One direction is is about him overcoming his loss and she's never been really, she wasn't really there. She, it was just a figment of his imagination that he had overcome versus it being a, 
yeah, it is literally a ghost, and we have to it. We have to Anahana. We have to we have to get her her fulfilling her her dream fulfilled, and then boom, she can she can rest in peace. So, I'm I guess I'm fine either way of that. I do I do also see that having somebody else able to see Mana does technically allow him to not be in the picture as much, which could lead to him just becoming another producer character that has nothing going for him. No, I, I think so far everything that has been that I've seen so far has been fantastic. And like I said before, I this was like one of the last shows that I got around to watching and I wanted to stay up all night so I can watch it all because I was that convinced convinced that this could be a gem of the season. And I think I remember writing down in our preview that this was was possibly going to be a gem of the season. And I'm glad to see it turned out that way. And I think the reason why I thought that it could be a gem of the season was because uh, Tatsuya Cinderella Takahashi Girls. was working on it. Right. Which Cinderella Girls was fantastic. I really did enjoy it. And the amount of motion they had in that series was great. My only fear that I have right now is unlike Cinderella Girls, this one only has 12 episodes and an equally massive cast. <laughs> and the- I, I think the moment that they introduced, like, oh, here's the House of Girls. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like... Okay, uh, I hope you're not planning on getting to, into every one of these girls, but rather just have them accentuate the main story, which is Kohei, Mana, and uh, Kotono. I was I was a little bit concerned about um, when when it first opened up, and because they hadn't introduced Mana per se, it opened up and he put him um, up on the stage, and then he said something about. Um, I hope you're watching mine. I was like, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> I hope you're watching or something like that. And I'm like, oh, gosh, are we going to go down this road? Are we in and a hospital right now or are we I, literally dead? <laughs> I, exactly. And I, and I was like, that's, that's, not, that's not a bad thing. It's not really a bad thing. And then they got into this big old long story about her her thing. And I was like, okay, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. This is just giving him some kind of the a – widescreen corners uh, were pretty motivation. obvious. Yeah. And then, and then, but yeah, when she popped up as a ghost, I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm really not working with this. This is not vibing with me at all. But I did kind of start, like I said, the, each of the characters as they were introducing them and they, they, it was starting to, to gel well with me. And Mana is not as distracting as I thought she was going to be. I, she really is not. Now, yeah. Adding May um, as somebody who's a second person who can see her, that's that's that is bringing her back up as a concern. But we'll we'll see. It, I mean, it hasn't gone far enough into the storyline. Are we to having see. are we having Anohana flashback PTSD? No, I will that, never have an fear? Anohana as long as there's not a guy who's running around in Anohana uh, lolly clothes. Uh, I'm I'm probably all right. Oh my gosh. That's the only PTSD Shinji, I got from that show. So Shinji please don't. The, Shinji the manager guy is going to dress up like Mana at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, and it, it is funny because the art style was weird because I when I first started up the first episode, I kind of clicked through it really quickly to see if it was something I I wanted to stay up until two o'clock in the morning watching, and it quickly jumped to like that that ultra widescreen bordered kind of flashback setup because that's how they they handle the flashback because they put it in like a 
uh, a widescreen border on the top and bottom. And it almost it almost felt like the art style was a little bit older. Like they they purposely made the art style look older. And I'm not sure if it's because they had a filter on it or something like that. But I really did like how they told the backstory stuff. And I'm liking so far what they've done with the current time stuff. Like I totally thought I, I almost groaned out loud the moment I noticed that Katona, when Katona spoke, uh, spoke up and said, was started complaining about the fact that Sakura was taking it not seriously. And I'm like, Oh gosh, here we go. Here's this character. The one that, that, that thinks you can't, you got to take idling serious and you can, you can't just mess around. It's, it's serious business. I'm like, Oh gosh, here's Katona. No, please don't do this. But she got over it really quickly. And I don't know if she jumps back into that kind of mentality later, but she quickly, uh, opened up to Sakura and they started being friends, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, I think that they they've done very well with Kotono so far. Yeah, she is. She just barked out once, because, made me groan, and yeah. then moved on. <laughs> yeah, she. I mean, they, they. The only thing that, like I said, you've missed is is the introduction to May, really, and and then an an honest moment between Kotono and Kohei, where she kind of has asked asked him. Um, why he brought not necessarily why he brought her in he he already told her why he brought her in um but it made her question her place in the in the group and he gave her an honest answer that i think was really phenomenal um and and i think that that has really brought um kotono into her own and i think that 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 leaves me to believe that the next few episodes are going to be really phenomenal, especially when he finally makes his decision on who the quote unquote leader of the group is going to be, um, which you kind of already know who's the leader of the group based on the intro. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it, it it really does, um, lean towards, it's going to be a very interesting way that they're going to take this. And I, I really can't wait to see what they do with it. Well, that was that was because that was kind of the question I had was like, okay, you did have Mana essentially pull Kohei into the world of idols, but why did Kohei stay? And that's that's going to be an interesting question that I hope that they get answered. But that's equally with Kotono. Kotono is is are you here for the fans? Are you here for yourself? Are you here for Mana? And like you mentioned, I guess they technically get into that kind of stuff, which I think is fantastic. But yeah, it, it has it has all the makings to be. A fantastic idol show and hopefully a gem of the season. And I think the way that they're they're telling the story has been great so far. It really did surprise me. I'm really glad that I checked out the first few episodes at least before I passed out. <laughs> and I'm already looking forward to watching more of it so I can do a, a thorough first impressions on it. Hopefully, once I get more a couple more episodes in my in my brain. But it's been it's been great so far. Looking forward to more of it. It looks it looks fantastic too. I'm I'm very surprised by how good it looks. Cause like I said, I, I didn't really have, we didn't really have much to go based off with Adelie pride. I don't think we really heard much about it. Of course it is an original, so it kind of lends itself to not have much, I guess, pre-established fandom for it. But yeah, I, I definitely recommend it and I'm looking forward to more of it. I think it's, it, I think this will be the one that once we stop recording, I'm going to go watch some more episodes of. <laughs> And <laughs> and after we finish our first impressions, I'm usually in the mood of not wanting to fire on an episode already. And so to get me to want to just jump right back into more shows, it's it's doing something right. 
yeah, that's that's Idly Pride. Definitely check that out. I recommend it. Uh, suppose a kid from Last Dungeon Boonies moved to a starter town or Tataiba Last Dungeon Mai no Mura no Shonen ga Joban no Machi de Kurasu Yona Monogatari. So I'm streaming on Funimation, running for 12 episodes, done by Studio Liden Films. Sources of light novels, genres are adventure and fantasy. And this follows a guy named Lloyd, which has a story, uh, the title would uh, very specifically lead you to believe, as light novels generally do with their titles. He is a kid from the town that is right next to the last dungeon of this particular world. And because he lived in this town that's right next to the last dungeon, everything he kind of did with, you know, in the town, in the outskirts, was essentially with the, you know, highest level monster, so to speak. So he's kind of grown up in a very harsh environment, gotten really strong. But he doesn't believe himself to be strong because he's not as strong as his brother, and there's still some things that he struggles with. So he goes to what this world would consider to be the starter town to see if he can join the ranks of the academy and get stronger in order to kind of prove himself to the world. But of course the ongoing joke unrunning joke is the fact that since he did grow up in the last dungeon town, he's actually incredibly t- powerful because like a cricket in the last dungeon town is, you know, level 99 whereas a cricket in the starter town is level 1. So he doesn't believe himself to be strong, but he's actually incredibly strong. But uh, the chieftain of that town essentially helped him get to the starter town, find a place to stay, which was with this girl named Marie. And so as he's staying with Marie and she's kind of pointing out the fact that everything he does is incredibly powerful, he attempts to join the academy. He fails to join the academy because he wrote all the answers in, like, you know, cryptic ancient language runes (laughs) yeah ancient runes and so they couldn't even understand what he wrote but it was actually incredibly powerful that he can actually or he's incredibly powerful because the fact that he could write those so yeah uh he helps this girl remove a curse which she's known as the belt princess because she has been cursed with this belt around her face and he took a cloth that removes curses to wipe some dirt off her face and it ended up removing the curse because the cloth that he used that had the curse removing on it is incredibly powerful. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he got challenged by some dude and nearly killed him, but somebody whisked him away, not realizing that he could kill him. And every now and then the chieftain shows up and places curses on Mary, who she's staying, he's staying with, uh, because she keeps calling her lolly Baba. And so she throws her teleportation crystal into the well because she doesn't like her. <laughs> Their bickering matches is, is awesome. <laughs> it, it's pretty much in the three or so episodes I've watched has been the the gem of it is just watching their back and forth. The rest of it I haven't really been. I mean, besides Lloyd like flicking a gigantic grasshopper away because it was in the way of <laughs> the banner that he was looking at. Uh, is is the banter between Mary and Alka has been the gem of the season for or the the, the show for me. The rest of it's been pretty meh. You're I not, I've I've. Re- I've really enjoyed a lot of this show. It's just been goofy just all around. I love the everybody reacting to Lloyd. I love the fact that Lloyd is not getting it. He just does not get it. And it's always like one step from figuring it out. 
Um, so it's, it's just been a blast. Um, the, like Andrew was talking about, he, he get, they, they put him in a, uh, a fighting match between, uh, one of his friends, uh, Alan, I think it was. Yeah. And he was about ready to, uh, wind up and punch and Marie comes in and, and whisks him away. And, and the answer as to why, thank you for saving my life because obviously Alan was about to destroy him. And it's like, <laughs> I just, I just love goofy little things like that where it's always one little teensy bit from figuring out that Lloyd is actually super powerful. And, um, so I, I, I've loved it. I, I, I've, uh, yeah, I, Philo was a, a an interesting edit addition to the, the cast. I haven't gotten to Philo yet. And they... I was hoping that she's going to be that girl because I, I honestly don't have, I mean, Alka's fantastic, but she is technically a lollibaba. <laughs> so I, I was really hoping that Philo was going to be that character for me because I don't really have, I mean, I love Marie as well, but I don't really have that belt princess character for me. And I was hoping that Philo um, would be a good addition. Or at least, at she least would spice be, up the chemistry, because I don't feel the chemistry is quite there yet. She would probably be... She's more of a... I'm not going to say a Kudari type, but she's definitely more of a Saber-ish. And and I, I, I say that with a question mark because of the fact that... Blonde hair. Um, no, she's... <laughs> Um, she's pulled back. Duty bound. I. She's yeah. She she hasn't done enough to actually say yeah that she's a saber character. She goes in first. First introduction to her is obviously the similar to how Chrome was, where um she sent she was in there uh, with Marie and she sensed a a demonic presence and then immediately started attacking Lloyd. And of course, he doesn't really react to her. He just kind of blocks, 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 and and then she, and from then then on, she's obsessed with becoming his apprentice. And that's so far been three scenes with her. That's it. So we'll see where she goes. I did. I got to kick out of Chrome though with that whole like he's here to kill me. He's like an assassin. He's really powerful. <laughs> when is he going to attack? He's got to attack any minute. So he's like always on edge. <laughs> even though the guy literally just wants a job there he's like no this guy's not here to cook he's obviously after my life yeah that was that was a lot of fun i did i did enjoy but that but i i can say this the introduction of philo uh added another group that will get into riho for you so you might end up liking riho a bit more yeah, that was my difficulty with Rio. I mean, it was the same with Selena as well. I mean, they literally, I guess, technically, none of them really had much screen time besides... I mean, most of the first few episodes was Marie. And it made sense, because they were trying to get into what was going on with the king. I did like the aspect that they were... They were Alka was specifically forbidding Marie from getting Lloyd involved, because apparently there was some kind of... There's some kind of agreement with the the citizens of the last dungeon, they don't, or the citizens of the village of the last dungeon is that they don't get involved with human matters. Like if there's a war between two human sides, they don't get involved because they're like almost like they're bred and raised to be powerful and strong to fight the demon Lords and stuff of the world. And it almost implied the idea that they don't let them get involved with human matters because they don't want them to be discouraged from saving humanity from evils like demon lords and stuff so i, th I thought that was kind of even though they like i said they literally just quickly <laughs> got 
gave Lloyd the in right off the bat by saying, oh, yeah, by the way, the, the king is being possessed by the demon lord. So, yeah, you can get involved now. But uh, I haven't I did, I did that far. I did get a kick out of um, one of the one of the characters uh, pointed out that the that Alka was was the one their their town was the one that was coming in and, and basically giving them aid when um, a blizzard or something had destroyed their entire uh, livestock or something like that. So and and they ended up in, implying that uh, the last town is basically building resources to help the entire world. So they yeah. they don't take a side, but they are willing to help everybody. Yeah, they 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 aid everybody, but they don't get involved in human spouts basically. Right, which I, th- I thought was a really cool mechanic to it, even though, like I said, they kind of undermine it really quickly with the king. But I, I did get also a kick out. She was mentioning how fast he got there, and he was like, two days. Oh, you took a train or something like that? And he's like, no, I ran. It's like, did you run into anything, or any monsters or anything? He's like, no, I didn't run into any monsters. And she's like, and he, he said something like, uh, she's like, do you know what a monster is or something like that? And he's like, yeah, it's the one that yell about world domination and everything. She's like, no, that's demon lords. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's just again going to the idea that he just doesn't realize how powerful he is. He's just beating up everything on the way there. Yeah, I I do I haven't I have been enjoying it. Like I said, I just haven't really been like I don't think it's quite there with the chemistry and the characters for me yet. So it, it is it is one of those frustrating things. As, as much is, as I Lloyd want, is great though. He's just so pure. He is. He I I I absolutely it's 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 hard. I mean because. I, when we're we're looking at it so far in, in a season, I mean we're we're only halfway through the the list, and and at least eighty percent of the shows that we've we've talked about so far has all been fantastic. It's it's hard to uh, to put this up against a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's going to be frustrating when we do finally go go in and say, well, what's what's the best of the season? This one probably won't make it unless it does something fantastic later on. It's it's easily going to to start down down ranking, and it, and it's still a fantastic show. It's just that's the lineup that we have this season. Yeah, best of deliberation is going to suck for winter next year. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, let's move on to other side picnic or Ura Sekai picnic. This one's streaming on Funimation, running for twelve episodes, done by Studio Lead in Films and Felix Films. The source is a novel. The genres are sci-fi, adventure, mystery, fantasy, shoujo. I, and the director and series composition writer is Takuya Sato, who did Armitage Three, We Cross, and Say I Love You. And this one follows a girl named Sorao, and Sorao is in this place that you they later deem as being the other side. And it's almost like a parallel world to our world that is doesn't really have much in it, just like ruins and forests and mountains. And at some point, as she's in this other side, this girl named Toriko shows up, who is currently looking for her friend in this other side. And we come to find out later that Soro'o was essentially there because she looked up some urban f- legends and found out there was this other side and and end up finding it. Whereas, like I said, Toriko is there to try to find her friend. And even though they get attacked by some really weird urban legend monsters in this other side, and Sora'o wants to have nothing to do with the place anymore, Toriko ends up kind of dragging Sora'o back into the other side to hunt these urban legends and get these cubes from them and sell them to this girl and, like I said, find her friend. And so it's been pretty much that so far. Like I said, it, it kind of hints at the idea that this other side is a, is a parallel world that houses urban legends. Like, every urban legend you would find online, 
there's probably that creature probably came from this other side and so they'll find it and and figure out a way of defeating it which usually ends up amounting to either Soro seeing getting them in her sights with this glowing eye that she ended up getting because she was fighting one of these monsters or Toriko grabbing them with the spectral hand that she now has because of this incident fighting one of these things and then shooting him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what's your thoughts on Other Side Picnic so far? I haven't watched it. You didn't watch Other Side Picnic? That's right. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I was scared of it. I am. Um, I thought this was the one that you were saying was Madoka Magica-ish. No, nah, it's one egg. <laughs> <laughs> no, Other Side Picnic so far... I I have been enjoying it because it, it kind of it is it is giving me what I was expecting it to give me, which is kind of this ex- exploration of this parallel fantasy world that has oddities about it. And I think that Soro and Toriko are fantastic characters together. I, I kind of I kind of put it in the idea that it's it is pretty much essentially two dorks testing fate and fate, testing death. <laughs> As they, they kind of keep going to this location, even though they know it's really, you know, dangerous, they go there, they find something, they fight it or flee from it, and then they just, you know, scream and panic and, and flee back to the real world. And I really get a huge kick out of that. I think my only frustration that I was having early on is that Soro is, they're really pushing this kind of jealousy, Yuri kind of thing which is where you have the female character that, you know, thinks this one girl is really beautiful, but she's jealous every time they mention a female. And it, it was even goofy in the fact that it, it she kind of brought it up early on when they had just met. She was already, like, in her own mind being jealous. And I don't... I, I, not that I have a problem with it pushing Yuri, because I think that they're cute together. They're absolutely adorable together. And like I said, I I love that aspect of like these two dork girls tempting death and then running in panic and laughing about it. That's it's it's that's been pretty much the, my joy of this series so far is that that companionship they have in doing tempting fate essentially. Outside of that, I like I said I do really enjoy kind of the different urban legends they're exploring. Like they had the siren kind of creature, which I forget the name of it. Um, they had this weird wiggly creature that they fought the first time that makes a person go mad if they look at it too long. I don't, I'm not sure what the last one was that I seen where it was like this village of potato bug people. I don't know what the hell they were. But I'm curious to see what other kind of creatures they run into. And exploring this world is, is kind of fascinating. So I, I there's nothing that inherently that I'm not liking about the series so far. It has been a lot of fun. But um, not that it's doing anything incredible though. It, it does. It does feel like it's just going to be pretty much a, a beast of the week, but with like this kind of goofy, cute Yuri thing going on between the two of them, and then the mystery of what happened to the friend and these little odds and ends of like you know other humans being on the other side and them going driven mad or whatever. So yeah, cool, cool kind of interesting little visit into an alternate reality with the uh, other side picnic. We'll see if um, it does anything. Interesting going forward. You totally have not sold me on this show. <laughs> I, 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 I not, I'm not really going to try to sell. I mean, it's uh, amongst everything else this season, this would be a weak one. Not to say that there's anything mm. inherently wrong with it. 
just that it's not doing anything incredible at the same time. So, yep. Not on BYU nonstop is the next one. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll, running for 12 episodes. Studio Silverlink, the sources of manga. The genres are slice of life, comedy, and seinen. And for those who don't know, Nanabiori essentially takes place in a out in the sticks location, Japan, where a bunch of girls that are currently going to school together because it's such a low population, they pretty much have multiple grades in one classroom. <laughs> All essentially just hang out and do random things in the boonies where there's really nothing else to do besides entertain yourself in some way. <laughs> and they do a lot of that. Yep. They'll find the goofiest thing to find fun in. And I, I guess the only thing seemingly new really this season is they kind of got more into, uh, uh, they got, <laughs> somebody, somebody caught Hotaru, Hotaru doing her, uh, more immature side, the the most mature girl out of all of them, showing her younger self to her parents. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, they introduced Shiori, which is Tama, basically. I don't know if you caught that. Um, I didn't get her yet. You didn't. Is your episode? I'm assuming yet? you're. I'm. I'm assuming you're in a, an episode before me. But yeah, there was a. Uh, they. Yeah, I was mad. Renge. I was mad when I got the. I was mad when I got the text that Tama is in Non Non Biori. I was like, <gasps> no. Yeah, yeah Renge was uh, walking around and ended up bumping into this lost girl who is the daughter of the one of the policemen in the area. And yeah, she totally has Tama's voice. But then ended up calling Renge her her, her big sister. So Renge is like super hyped about that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> super hyped about that. And they got a little bit of a, a backstory with uh, Natsumi and and Hikage, so that that was that was that was pretty cute as well because we got got to kind of see their their history together and how they met and the fuse that they had in the past. But yeah, it, it is essentially the the usual Nanbiori, and I, I I kind of echo Chris when he texted me like how much I missed this kind of. This feel of this show. This this show has a sense of kind of nostalgia and warmth about it that just is not really mimicked or echoed anywhere else. And it's it's kind of that it does have that feeling of seclusion when you have like one of the characters shows up in the area and she's literally walks out the, the she's at the bus stop and there's nothing there. This place literally has nothing going for it, but the friends and and the friendships and the family that they have there. And it does that so well to have these characters find the most stupid, minute things to find entertaining. And it just works perfect because one, they're great characters. They're fantastic to watch and two, their reactions to whatever they're doing is going to be blown out of proportion to the point that you're just going to love it. Yeah. I have, I, I absolutely, it's so perfectly well done and to 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 kind of hit on the the text message that i sent to andrew it, it they were dead in the middle of the episode they were doing this goofy thing where they were making dolls out of um uh tape toothpicks and, and tape. toothpicks and tape and and they one one of the, one of the characters was going off on a random tangent and and was becoming more and more irate as as the as the as this little 
bit was going on, she was getting more and more, um, I don't want to say agitated, but she was getting more and more louder. And to calm her down, they gave, they gave her it a doll, baby. <laughs> a baby doll. <laughs> and the, they, they went through this entire four minute tangent of showing the, the baby doll going to this little, uh, uh, mama doll. And it was, it was, it was perfect in, in every way, shape or form. And the text message I, 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 I sent to Andrew was the, the pure brilliance of non non biori. This is the middle joke of this this uh episode the first part of the episode was Rinjay walking down the street and gets stopped in the middle of the street by a cow going across this crossing the other way and that was the start of this joke that was through the entire episode you didn't really know that it was connected until you got literally to the end where she wanted to learn how to play her recorder correctly for some someone and come to find out at the end of the episode who she wanted to learn how to play was for the cow so that she could get more milk <laughs> and it's like this is the pure brilliance that is non non biori not that not that you're going to be rolling on the floor with laughter the entire episode it's just the perfect um mood the nostalgia that andrew was mentioning earlier the 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 Yashi K ish feel to the story, the the jokes that are kind of low key that are uh, that that nothing is left to the nothing is left out to hang. There's there's always a reason for everything that they do in this show, and it it just it, it that is the brilliance that is non non biori. I love it. Yeah, it's like a pure innocence comedy that's never trying too hard. Cause no, I was, I I was I was laughing pretty loud when uh, Kaede gave Renge a a warrant to arrest <laughs> to arrest Natsumi. <laughs> she like, hands over really? the piece of paper and she looks at it and goes, <laughs> just slaps the handcuffs on her. <laughs> any any scene with Candy Store is always great too. I always love her. Her and yeah. her and Renge are great. But no, I I, I do agree. I, I I think that there is an element of brilliance there with what how they kind of handle things because everything kind of leads into another thing and and it was so funny because with none on none on repeat it was funny that we kind of had a repeat technically of the story and it was still fantastic and it's it's just the 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 amazing level of writing and and the characters being just so spot on like I said, making <laughs> having Suguru always this character that just is always in the was... background, but always a part of the story. It's always great. Like, what is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? They 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 pulled it off this time again. It, 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 and he's such an uh, a phenomenal character where they they have him there. He's in a place, and and then all of a sudden they. He, they're looking for sugar or something like that, and he sets it on the on the t- counter and moves away. And they're they're all like, "Oh, here the sugar just, he just appeared he just out brought, of nowhere." No, she's like, <laughs> he he just brought it to me. Who? I, I don't know. He was right here. He's gone now. <laughs> he's just like randomly like spray painting a box and then puts it in the corner, gives him the sugar, and leaves. It's like, what was the point of that? Nothing. He's just great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I. 
thoroughly and thoroughly enjoying it, and I've I've always loved none. I still haven't watched Vacation, and I I have it sitting there, and I meant to watch that before I watched this, but I wanted to watch this for the 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 first impression. So I'll be I'll be hopefully watching Vacation here soon. Cause just it's and it's so funny because none of Biori is one of those ones where I I always remember I, whenever I remember it I love it, but every now and then I kind of find myself kind of having to remind myself, oh yeah that's right, I love this show to death and I can't believe I waited this long to watch it. <laughs> so yeah, cool stuff. Uh, we cross Diva A live 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 streaming on Funimation. Don't know how long it's running for. It's being done by Studio JC staff. Source is a card game, and the genres are game and psychological. Uh, my gosh, I know if I can tell. It, it essentially, for those who don't know, Recross is a card game. And it has had several anime adaptations. The very first one was actually written by Mario Kata, and it was actually really good. And over the time, it's, it has kind of changed a little bit, but... For the most part, it's always essentially followed a card game that girls are that's popular in this world for girls to play. And at some point, you could possibly be selected to pull a card that will have a selector in it or a, 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 a logrig. What are they called? Logrigs. Larig. Larigs. It's, it's backwards. Backwards the, girl. Yeah. So the the girl gets one of these larigs, and they become a selector. And they can play in this secret game of Recross where they put, like, certain things on the line, like memories and stuff, on the line in order to compete to become the one that gets the wish at the end. And it's always been, like, this really kind of dark, quote-unquote, magical girl-ish type show that's very psychological. And with this particular take on Recross, we now take it into... Is now a very popular VR diva battling game where girls will become divas to fight each other in arena using decks of cards to to kind of empower themselves and use those abilities to fight the other person. All while trying to gain essentially crowd points where like the more people that are cheering them on, the, the more points that they get. And they both each have, like, health. And if you damage the other side's health all the way to zero, they lose. And we follow a girl named Hirana. And she's a Genki main protagonist character who drags in the girl that everybody thinks is the worst for teams. And becomes team member of. And they go on to compete. And I'm sure at some point they'll find, they'll find themselves being sucked into a game of life and death. Because that's what Recross does. Yeah, Hirana, Hirana is the one that nobody can keep up with, and Ray is the one who she thinks everybody is holding her down. So, yeah, that's... It's... And Akino is pretty much the smarts. She creates the decks. Yeah. Yeah, they, they she's just getting dragged along because so, Hirana see, is... See, Akino, Akino is the gun... <laughs> Akino is the gunba, gunpla actual uh crafter Har- harina is the genki mink par- character and ray is the misunderstood uh angsty veteran just like yeah i guess just i guess just like go with gun- gundam build fighters <laughs> i had gundam build fighter or gu- gundam build divers feelings when i was watching this 
It's like okay, that we're gonna do. I could, I so, could see so that they I... did the same thing with Gundam. They went to Gunpla with Gundam Build Fighters. They fought Gunpla, and then at some point they go, "Oh, this VR thing is getting really popular right now. Let's make a new series where they go into a VR virtual world, world of it." And we cross is over here going, "Oh crap, we should do that too." And <laughs> this is very true. I mean, even when we were doing the first impressions, we were like. What are they doing? It, I, I, it, it literally is like they're trying to copy everybody else. And it's like, why? You guys are doing fine on your own, doing your own thing. They they even uh, in, I think it was the last episode or the episode before last that I watched, they even brought out one of the cards and it was like, look, we've got this card right here. And it's like, oh, you've got that card? Yes, we've got this card. And it was like, that's that's not your guys' strength. Why are you guys banking on this? It, because they heard um, me complain too much that there's no rules to this game. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like there's any order whatsoever to it. It it, it is. It, it's it's frustrating. I I it, it when I when I when I when Andrew first started going into this, it was like I'm still trying to gather my thoughts of how I want to put put my 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 feelings out on this one right now. I'm very frustrated because Wixos is one of my, um, all time favorite series. And I'm really, really disappointed with this right now, but I'm still holding out hope that they'll pull something together on this. And I, I don't necessarily need it to be dark, but I do definitely need it to be at least trying to do something with it. And right now it's like Andrew was saying, it's Gundam build fighters. It really is. I mean, like I said, even to the point where they're going, look at this card. I mean, yeah, that's in Gundam Build Fighters. Look at this this mecha. I, that's really what they were doing. So I hope, but at the right now, th- this is really, really dropped down at the bottom of my list right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really have anything else to really add to this. <laughs> I I honestly had to push myself through the episodes that I watched and. I don't know. I, I I'm not even honestly waiting for that moment that it's going to get psychological because I don't think it's going to. And that, that's what I was telling Chris before we started recording. Is like I don't even know. It's odd because technically with Recross, they've always kind of sold it on something, and then it 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 switches it at some point to being dark, and then you go, oh, "Crap, that's crazy." But this is the one's more so than ever, just like super hyper ganky. Let's our friendship will overcome each fight, and. I'm not sure that it going dark is going to really do it any favors in the end, but it's not inherently bad in any way, shape or form. Just, it's not really doing anything right now for me. And again, this is kind of a similar situation as to things like outside, outside or outside other side picnic where it's, it's hard to sell it right now because there's so many good shows going on right now. But I mean, if you're looking forward to a show, check it out. I don't even want it to go dark. I just want it to take take it more seriously. Seriously, yeah. It, right it doesn't now. have to be yeah. dark. It's just just serious, I guess. Yeah, which it doesn't have to. I mean, if it if it just wants to be crazy fun yeah. transformations, which it has cool transformations, by the way. Like the the whole you know grow system has always been cool, and it's always kind of this next level magical girl thing. And that's definitely what they're doing with this is kind of a mixture between magical girl, diva, virtual reality kind of thing 
and I, and I do I do like the three v three where you've got a massive cast so far. I mean, I I kind of liked the goofy cat girl that they were fighting against the other day or the other episode, and it was like, oh, that's that's kind of fun. And so it, they they do have their their cast. There is a charm to their cast. I'm not going to downgrade that, but at the same time, it's not. Yeah, Galgura is in there. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> uh, Doll streaming on Funimation, running for twelve episodes, being done by Studio Woods Entertainment. Sources original, genres are music. What is this show, Chris? Because I didn't get a chance to get to it. Oh my gosh, Andrew! Um, this absolutely is an Andrew show, through and through. This show is going to. You're going to love it. Um, me, I am having a hard time figuring out what the heck is going on so far. Um, I think that there's – it when, when they start revealing what's going on um, – because first off, the, the, how do I put this? Okay, take um, the first season of um, – Oh, what was the idol show that I really liked the first season of and every other season we, we hated? Um, Wake Up Girls? Wake Up Girls. Um, take that and multiply it by about three or four, and you've got kind of about where you're at with this one. It seems like everybody has got a dark past of some sort, um, some kind of really screwed up thing that they have to deal with. And I'm sure all the other characters that they're going to go into, uh, to give you an idea, the first character, the main character of the show, um, she walks, she, she gets off of texting with her grandma and goes into another room and starts talking to her sister. It pans out and she's talking to a room of three, uh, uh, stuffed animals. One is her sister. The other one is her mom and her dad. That's how kind of dark this the setting of this show is going for. Set and five years after the mysterious disaster of a city's sudden disappearance, a group yeah, of fast girls and, fascinating and with a theatrical material system using 3D holographic aims to brighten the stage during the city's post-apocalyptic recovery. I thought I'd give people some kind of idea what the heck they're, we're talking about. Yeah, it and it's and it's trying really hard to fit in this dark tone uh, the whole time. Now, at the same time, you're you're going back to the the issue of okay, and it's not really it's not trying to be funny. It's it's trying to be kind of cutesy um at the same time where you have these characters who are they all have their dark past and they're trying to um live a life that's not dark and and it and it and it does kind of well at that um you, so you feel this kind of frustration of I don't want to deal with that part of my life and yet it's it's an ever present thing that I have to deal with um and when they when they talk to each other, they 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 kind of are that you can feel really quickly that theater is their way of escaping this. And when they get out in, in front of the 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 fans and they they have their moment, um, that becomes their shining point, and that is their their release of of getting out of that 
that world and into their own world. And it, they, they do this really well, surprisingly. So I, I, guess, I guess I do kind of really like it. I, it, it it's, it's frustrating because I, it, I don't know what to put my finger on as far as a thing that I really, really like. But I think it's just the, the, the storytelling is well done. Um, it does actually capture the emotion of this, the frustration of this world. And these girls are okay. Seria is is the main character, and the girls in this theater troupe are her um, refuge. And you actually feel that um, when when she because I I even texted a, a picture of one of the the latter scenes where it it gets to a point where you 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 see this thing that's going on between these characters, and you're like. Are they actually doing this? And it it doesn't they, they these two girls are actually end up falling in love with each other kind of per se. Um and and it's like are they really doing this? And then all of a sudden they have this moment and you're like okay, that I guess we are going down this road and and so it that's that's how how well they're writing this story is, is is it's 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 a coincidence of their past and and how they deal with that and and when the, when it's sitting in front of them they don't know how to deal with it and then then they start to see each other's past and it's it's really well done I I, I actually do think I like this show I, re, I I really am walking away from it going you know now that I think of it I do like it I when I was watching it I was like. What in the world is going on in this show? I, I, but thinking back on it, I do think I really do like this show. Just had to talk it out. Yeah, I had to talk it out. I had to talk it out. And it's funny because this is a series that they were talking about doing what two years ago, and they're finally bringing it out. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it'll 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 be interesting to see if how how you feel about it because. If you go through those first four episodes, because I, I, I did cut myself off. There's another episode up there right now that I do want to watch um, to see how they resolve the thing that happened that I texted you at the end of that episode, how they resolve that in the next episode, because there was a big reveal at the end of that. And it was like, <gasps> this is a bad place to stop. But I, I, I wanted to stop with four episodes and, and actually just talk about it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how you feel about these first, the first four episodes, at least it, it, it'll be interesting to say the least. I, I, I heaven's design team or Tenchi Sozo design boo. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll range for 12 episodes done by studio Asahi Productions. sources of manga genres are slice of life, comedy, fantasy, seinen, and the director on this one is Suichi Masui, who did Chaika the Coffin Princess and Sakura Quest. It essentially follows a... It opens up talking about how God created, you know, the heavens and, and the earth and the seas and everything. And then at some point, he got to the point of creating all the creatures of the earth and decided to outsource it. And so he outsourced it to a group of people, like kind of a panel that, you know, works at a round table and they create ideas for different creatures and then this guy Shimoda who has been assigned to them will come in and kind of be the messenger of God. So when God approves of something, he gets a message and then he goes, it's approved or, or rejected. And then they figure out if it works or not. And they have like an engineer who will create like a, 
a, a, a prototype of it and they will stick it out in the wild and see if it works and then yeah go on from there so yeah your, your thoughts on heaven's design team this show has been absolutely absurd i love i love how goofy some of these designs are it's like we we've got we've got one of the characters who's absolutely obsessed with uh horses and so he's trying to do every horse that you could imagine like so you 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 want to you want to see a po- Pegasus? We'll explain why Pegasus doesn't work and and they go through the painstaking explanation of it. It's it's been absolutely goofy um as to why these these things work or don't work and um we have a we have a character who's obsessed with making cute things, but her version of cute is absolutely backwards to what you actually expect is cute. She, she's she's actually a dark uh uh goth lolly and so she she wants the most darkest thing to be the cute thing and it's it's just goofiness like that and then of course we've got venus who's who's trying to make birds and her her uh kind of her rival is somebody who makes snakes and so they're constantly going back and forth of this more dangerous snake and how it, it survives better. And she wants to, or he, uh, Venus wants to make a more, um, a more, uh, survivable, uh, bird. And so it's just been a blast. I, I, I love the absurdity of all of it. Yeah. I, I kind of, I had to push myself through the series so far. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you, you pretty much named all the funny moments and the rest of it's been pretty much, uh, pretty boring for me i i i honestly get the point of the show and i do think the the concept is great it's just essentially making fun of pretty much every creature and how the absurdities of certain creatures and how it works is pretty much the punchline for their creation of it so if if there is a creature that has some kind of weird thing that it does they'll they'll make that into the punchline of how they created it and that it works somehow and on the other hand, there is the mythological creatures that were essentially on their drawing board. And yeah, like you said, here's the reason why it didn't work. And there's the punchline. And like I said, I, I do, I did get a chuckle here, here and there, but for the most part, it kind of just relies too much on, you know, getting into explaining creatures. And then there's a, there's a segment in every single, well, there's multiple segments in every episode where they have to have them sit there and talk about a real animal. And it's like, okay, skip this. I really don't care to have the, you know, the Seton Academy slash all these other shows that have like the here's real world video footage and talking about what these creatures do. I don't know. It, it just, it just not working for me. In typically with comedy it's going to work or it's not going to work it's just not working for me right now and if if that does sound like something that you get a kick out of i'm it's perfectly fine if somebody else finds it hilarious it it's just it's not working <laughs> me right now a flying dragon is runs on farts and so they they hook it up to a a, a chicken <laughs> to make it into a, a ch- hook it up to a chicken a so giant you got the, what is that called the what is that one called the um What's that ball in yeah. his hand? Oh, it's his kidney. Is a kidney stone? What was a kidney stone? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's just so it's goofy. So, it was like a, it was so like a Dragon bro- Ball joke, and it had like this big old orb in one of yeah, his claws. That's what, what and it was. like, You're oh, right. it's a kidney stone. It's like, <laughs> uh, okay. What was it? It was hooked up to the bird, and it, it, it became the um, cockatrice. 
And and yeah. so it, it it would it was hooked up to the bird and then at some point it would release from the bird and it floated well, that was up his, and then it exploded because well it, that was his butt it, it, the mouth was his butt. yeah it was his butt yeah <laughs> so he basically shot gas up his butt yeah it was weird yep and now they made <laughs> they made Cthulhu for some kid and yeah, it got weird <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. Uh. That's uh, that's Heaven's Design Team. Check that out if that sounds interesting to you. Dr. Ramune, Mysterious Disease Specialist, or Kai Byoi Ramune. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll, running for 12 episodes. Done by Studio Platinum Vision. Sources of manga, genres are comedy, psychological, supernatural, and shonen. And this one follows a mysterious disease specialist named Ramune. And whenever somebody has, like, a really crazy disease or something that's happening to them that the hospitals and doctors have no clue what to do with it. Uh, they typically will either be pointed by somebody to see Dr. Ramone or or that's pretty much their only option or maybe Kuro will find them and, and reference them to Ramone. Uh, Kuro is Ramone's assistant. Did you watch this one? No, I actually didn't. I... Uh... I think, I don't know, I'm not sure if you like it. <laughs> Let's get into it, maybe you will like it. Uh, so yeah, essentially, the first story they had was this girl who, uh, she's actually a child star, and she's well known for her ability to cry in certain scenes, and just it'd just be, you know, heartbreaking to watch. She's like that good of a, a, a crier. And at some point, she starts crying nothing but condiments. So like mayonnaise, soy sauce, <laughs> just really weird stuff. And so, yeah, she goes to the doctors. The doctors have no idea what to do. And at some point, Kuro, Ramune's assistant, bumps into her and says, go see Ramune. He, he deals with mysterious diseases like this. And he ends up finding out that the reason why she's crying these weird things is because there's so much negativity surrounding her that it's affecting her and then these essentially with all these mysterious diseases, it's always kind of surrounding some kind of negative thing that's happening to somebody that's compounding and compounding to the point that, you know, dark spirits are getting into their body and, and affecting the way that their body functions. And again, with this particular one, it's, it's making her cry weird things rather than tears. And end up finding out, of course, the mother is a psychopath that wants to push her into acting all the time and doesn't give her enough attention and feeds her, discount crap from a local you know corner store and is always focused on her material things that she's getting because her child's working all the time being an actor or actress and then the second story we had <sighs> how do i put that this this is going to be not uh mature rating uh his his little man gets replaced by a consumable food <laughs> And it ends up, you know, once Ramune finds, you know, he, he confronts Ramune, Ramune essentially finds out that, yeah, he's he's sleeping with, like, seven women. And the reason why his man thing became food is because that affected his man thing. And the only way that he can fix it is by confessing to all the women that he is cheating on, that he's cheating on them with, you know, seven different women. And then the last one was a guy that had a weird uh, tool that allows a person to become invisible if they chew down on it, like a rabbit's tail. If you chew down on it, you become invisible, and he's using it to steal stuff. And then eventually the thing that was within it was 
stealing his his presence. So he was going to disappear. So yeah, it's just it's like different different kind of uh, weird oddities oddities and diseases that are typically kind of caused by some kind of evil spirit or spirits, and how it affects the person. And then Ramone basically using concoctions or different things in order to force them to either choose between confronting the issue that's causing it or to ignore it. It's kind of like Mushishi in that regard where Mushishi often did that, where he went in and said, you're being conflicted by this or inflicted by this. And you can choose, you need to choose to walk away from it. Otherwise it's going to, you know, turn to turmoil. And then he lets them choose. And so like with the, with the girl that's, you know, crying in the condiments, he gives her a tea kettle and anything poured from this tea kettle will cause, will, if it's consumed, it will cause them to tell the truth. So she was telling her mom that she's tired and she doesn't want to work and she wants to quit. And that, of course, you know, cause a conflict that would get to the resolve. The guy with the the man junk as food, <laughs> he gives him like this cloth that allows him to cover it up. But, of course, him covering it up ends up making it worse because he just continues on doing what he's doing. And so, yeah. It's been... I, I think the reason why I like it so much so far, and I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it, is because it's, like I said, it's similar to Mushishi where you do have diseases and the cure, possible cure. Then it's kind of mixing with that aspect of, you know, allowing the person to choose. And it's got this very kind of, I almost want to say dark comedy where it's, it's kind of making fun of certain things, but at the same time, it's got a dark tone to it. Like, obviously, Ramune, when he was dealing with the guy with his junk messed up, he he actually technically wanted him... He <laughs> Ramune liked one of the girls that the guy was trying to get added to his harem. And <laughs> his assistant, Kuro, kind of points out, you purposely gave him that as the way of fixing his issue because you wanted him to fail with this girl, right? But technically, Ramune helped him fix his situation. Like, he he cured the guy, but in a sense, gained something out of it. So it's, there's almost, like, this mischievousness to it always that I kind of like. With, like, the with the, the girl that's crying, he, he doesn't really go in there and fix everything. He just kind of says, here, take this. It ends up technically tricking the girl into telling her mother the truth. And then he comes in later and essentially offers to destroy everything the woman has gained in order to save her daughter. So it's like I said, it's always got this like very kind of you're borderline evil, <laughs> but you're not really evil. It's always got that kind of dark feeling to the series overall. And I, I really do kind of like that. And I think that's technically the reason why I've been enjoying it so much, why it has that kind of unique flavor to what essentially is another kind of yokai-esque, you know, detective agency kind of thing. I don't know. And yes, uh, can you guess the age of Ayame, Chris? Because here's there's a question that's got to be for you. Of course, 18. Ayame's 18? Of course. She's 112. She's she's an old lady, 112 years old, that I'm guessing has some kind of relic that's making her young. So, yeah, another another lolly. lolly another lolly baba <laughs> for the season. We have two lolly babas already so far. So I don't I don't know I I 
I'm not sure that you'll like it. I, I think you'll like Ayame, but she hasn't really done too much so far that makes her stand out. Of course, she's only been one one episode for me so far, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I might continue watching it if I can somehow fit it into my schedule. <laughs> but that's Doctor. Yeah, Ramone. It, it, it sounds it sounds interesting enough. I I I, I do hate the fact that I kind of because this was one of the another one of the ones that I was I was pretty interested in because I like the those kinds of shows so. It, it, it's kind of frustrating that it, it was kind of one of those that was easy to push off to the wayside as, as yeah, I'll get to that eventually and run out of time. And it's like, ugh. yeah. And Ramone is pretty funny. Cause he's, he's always like very off putting when people first meet him and Kuro's kind of, kind of go, everybody feels that way. Just, just, just stay with it. <laughs> I feel sorry for Kuro. Uh, LBX girls. Did you watch that one? Yep. I sure did. All right, LBX Girls, our next one, Soko, Musume, Sinki, streaming on Funimation, running for 12 episodes, done by Studio A-Cat. The source is a game, the genres are action military fantasy. The director is Keitaro Motonaga, who did Day Day Live, Digimon Try, Katana Katari, and Get Backers. So, Chris, tell us about LBX Girls. Okay, story-wise, because I keep going right straight into the, I'm not used to doing the story. <laughs> girl go, go girl goes into a mall of some sort she's with her friend and the friend says you should try lbx's or something and she she says she's not really interested in the lbx's and then she picks one up or something like that and randomly gets transferred to another world where she is now has an armor that is based around these lbx's and the armor that she has is an assassin. And she is rescued by four other girls who I guess they just lost their fifth member or something like that. I it, it It's kind of hard to remember that part. And so now she's the uh, she's a part of this team. And they run around fighting these things called nemesis, not nemesis, it's mimesis or something like that. It's really weird. And it's it's kind of like the um, they're weird little metal insects of some sort, and they're just traveling around and fighting these nemesis. And hopefully, she'll randomly get back home. Is basically the story so far. Um, they did go to one base, and they had a story of a armor girl who had protected the base. And gave up her life for the base. And that did okay. I'm trying to separate the story from the the review. The the problem is, is that a lot of this is really kind of just borderline. It's almost like they're they're the story is there almost out of an obligation to write the story. The The characters themselves are probably the, the best part of this. And the characters are not all that strong yet. Um, maybe at some point they'll get a little bit deeper into the characters, but right now they're just bouncing around so much that they're not actually getting any time to develop on any of the characters. The most development that anybody has gotten has been the girl that was in the background uh remember i was mentioning the base that they went to 
um, this girl had um, saved the the base by giving up her life. That was the most story that this show has done so far. It, and that's that's the really big frustration that I have with this story. I want to like it because I think that the characters are kind of cute and fun, but I don't care what they're doing. It, it, and it's really, really frustrating. I it's it's this this show I think it wants to be bigger than it actually is. And so maybe maybe that this is I don't know. I, I know it's based off of a game, so maybe they're trying to Maybe this is more for the people who play that game, and so that'll make a lot more sense. But as it stands right now, I don't know who any of these characters are. I want to know who they are, but they're not introducing me to any of them, except for Rico, who the entire amount that I just told you, that's her story. She She doesn't care about LBXs, and she was sucked into the world of LBX. Yeah, it's I, met, just, I guess uh, it's frustration when it's based off a of property if it's just being there to just to show the girls off and not really necessarily do anything with them because it, you can't really mess yeah. with the property too much. Yeah, and and that and that, that's the thing is that I met an otaku guy and he's apparently an expert at making uh, LBX armors, and then we moved on. Yeah, they they got to do a hot 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 bath or a, a hot spring bath scene. Okay, but that that's not that's not giving me anything as far as who these characters are. It's just them having a hot bath scene and playing with each other and moving on. Yeah, it's not really okay. it's not really Warlord of Sigrifa. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That it. That's it. Show by rock stars. Uh, this one is streaming on Funimation, running for 12 episodes, done by Kinema Citrus. The source is a game. The genres are music, comedy. Uh, you know, it's funny because I was watching this. This is literally technically the third season, if you count. Well, no, it was, there was two seasons with the original show by Rock, and there was a short, and then there was Master Madureshu, which is the a new group besides Plasmagica. And as, as I was watching this season, which is, again, technically the fourth season, if you don't count the short, it dawned on me, I'm like... Do you remember what happened in the first episode of the very first show by Rock? It opened with a girl in her bedroom yeah, playing a mm-hmm. game and getting sucked into the world of Midi City, which was Cyan. I'm like, do they even? They don't even acknowledge that anymore. It's just she's just there. She's in this world, and she's her family's well, probably devastated by the fact that she's gone. No, she technically went back to her world. She did in the second season. Yeah, so did Moa, but who was an I, alien. So are we? Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> just it's just kind of weird. It's like, and they technically brought back uh, what's his face? Who was what was his name? Uh, he was the dark dude. The, the oh, dude that was the, responsible yeah, the, for all the dark stuff. Um, I forget what his name was. He's like he's got that he's got that freaking deep, amazing voice. Uh, say yeah, you. I yeah, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, it's like a dark. Beal dude, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> but yeah th- so for those that don't know what Show by Rock is, like I said, it technically starts out with a girl that was sucked into a, a, a mobile game app, which ended up being Show by Rock. It was like a rhythm game. And she gets sucked into Midi City, where's this place where pretty much everything is run and centered around 
people that perform music and it like inspires people. And at first it was like this dark evil presence that was attacking the people. And so they were playing music in order to fight the bad monster thingies. And it, it was kind of more like a idol meets, I don't know, superhero battler type thing. Uh, Dagger. That's what his name was. Dagger. Dagger. Oh, you got to it just as I did. <laughs> <laughs> this dagger guy was like creating monsters and they were attacking Midi City. And so they were playing music to fight it. And and then it kind of, like I said, it kind of went away from there and kind of focused on the girls and just having fun and, and playing music. And like I mentioned, they, at some point they brought in uh, a, a, this new side story series, which was Mashu My Resh, which was following Hoan, who moved out from the sticks to... Uh, not Midi City, but one of the outside cities. I forget exactly what it was called. And she formed a band with Himiko, Delman, and and Ruhulu. And so that team of Mashimareshu in this season is now coming to Midi City and meeting Plasmagica. And so now these two bands that they've introduced are now meeting each other. And at the same time, they technically have like uh a Dokenfinger and uh a dark Crimson. What was it called? Something Crimson? Crimson? Shaming Guns and Crimson? Shaming Gun Crimson or something like that? This yeah. other band, the, the two male bands from each season are now bidding each other as well. And that goofballness that happens with that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much the setup so far is, is Hoan and, Ma- and Mashimata Rescue coming to Midi City. Uh, being attacked by a gigantic speaker and then nearly getting thrown in jail for it because the the main t- city tower like was destroyed and they try to frame them for it. They didn't really technically frame them. It's just they, they didn't know what was responsible. And some awesome... <laughs> I love the lawyer guy. <laughs> the guy comes in and the lawyer comes in and pretty much uh, uses social media to figure out what exactly happened and save them from being put in prison. And now they're hanging out with uh, Plasmagica and learning from them. Because technically Plasmagica are kind of like their seniors so they're they're trying to learn from Plasmagica and their successes. So that's all I've gotten yeah, so was... far is, is they're finally getting back to their studio and hanging out. Yeah, I wasn't sure how... Um how it would feel about the two bands actually coming together. Because one of the biggest things that I was mostly concerned about was the fact that each one of these bands are, um, they're, how do you put it? It's like, you got a full cup here and a full cup there and you put the two full cups together. Is it going to overflow the the show? And not that, not that any one of them would, would outshine the other one, but just that, you, there, there's so many fun personalities. You don't want any of them to be kind of kicked off to the side. Um, expect, I, I mean, it, very quickly you can you can see some of the 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 lesser, less strong characters. Not necessarily that they're not good characters. They're just not as. And and we haven't really gotten into points where you will see uh, interactions like that. It, it so far it's been pretty much one band is in in the in the forefront or the other band is in the forefront they're some of their some of the time they're the groups are together in the same scene 
Um, you do definitely see it more with Dojin Finger and, and um, Crimson whatever. Those two, um, when they're together, they're, 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 it's just chaos because there's so many... Absolute dorks. Yeah, so many dorks in the in the in the screen at one time. It's like, yeah, this is just just pure chaos, and it's fun. Um, but the actual girls you haven't really seen them per se. It's either one group or the other group, and so it's been kind of neutral as far as seeing that and how that's going to interact. So I I still hold out hope uh, that that they can pull it off it, when they when they are together it's just absolutely adorable especially Hoenn and and Cyan but that's the thing that I'm concerned about um Himiko and and Retori they bounce off of each other okay um but the others all 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 four of the other characters almost non-existent with the with, with the uh main four girls in the front it's and that's the problem that I'm I'm already seeing, and and that's what I'm mostly concerned about. It's not necessarily a bad thing; it's just my concern. Um, so we'll see how it how it all works out in the end. But as it stands right now, I'm having fun. I love seeing all these characters together. They're all of them are. I'm I'm a fan of all of them. So yeah, it almost felt like when. <laughs> Because I, I had the same fear as you have that many characters in one scene, it, somebody's going to get outshined. And it technically, with the first few, few episodes, most of the focus was on on Mashimai Reshu as they went to the town, got in trouble, got thrown in jail, had their fears. And then, like, in the last episode that I watched, which was, like, three or fourth episode, we finally got, you know, oh, yeah, by the way, here's Plasmagica. They exist still. And here, let's re-go over the fact that, yeah, Moa's an alien, alien and... Retory made her own, you know, uh, guitar, and it, it was kind of this fear of, like, are we even... The My whole excitement was getting back to Plasmagica and and not really to see more Mashumai Reshu, <laughs> even though technically that's all we were getting. But I do have a fear on the idea that technically Hoan and Hameko are technically mirror images of Cyan and Retory. Uh, Delamin is kind of alien-esque, Moa's alien. And so you do have this kind of almost feeling like technically Mashimai Reshu was almost a mirror image of Plasmagica. So if you put them in the room together, isn't that going to obviously point out that fact? <laughs> but I, and not to say that, you know, Himiko is an absolute copy of Retori because they definitely have their own personalities about them. It's just, there is similarities there that you are going to end up, you know, highlighting in that, in that scenario. I do still love the, the every now and then having that, episode with the guys messing around because I always, even though I don't think I'm going to like them, I always end up loving them and think they're absolute dorks. But, um, yeah, I agree. I've been, I've been having fun so far. I, I hope to see more Plasmagica come in the forefront. Um, I do miss Cyan and Retory a lot. So having them finally, you know, in a season again, finally is, is great. Even though I, like I said, I do, I still like Master My issue in the end, but yeah, it is. It is definitely. It almost feels like a, a fan service season, just for the sake of the fact that you know everybody loves both these these bands, and now they're together and and pointing out each other's quirks and having fun with that. But I, I unfortunately was hoping for more interaction between Plasmagica and Mashimai Reshu, and I don't think we're quite there yet. Hopefully, in the coming episodes, I'll have more time to really kind of let them intermingle with each other. Rather than just focus on Mashi My Rescue and then have them watch Plasmagica play a game. 
or a, a performance. So mm-hmm. we'll see. That's a uh, show by rock stars. Hortensia Saga. This one's streaming on Funimation, running for 12 episodes, done by Leiden Films. Source is a game. The genres are action, adventure, magic, fantasy. And this follows a guy named Alfred. Well, technically it opens up as the kingdom of Hortensia is being attacked by a duke and his people. They essentially are overthrowing the kingdom and... The king gets killed, and then the princess is nearly killed by a werewolf, and a guy named Maurice, who is a knight of the kingdom, uh, takes the princess and flees the country, or the kingdom, from uh, with her in safety, and leaves behind her brother, who is the prince, to essentially be taken care of by the, essentially the pope of the, of the kingdom. So the fleeing... Maurice and the princess end up going to a nearby area that is duked by Alfred, who is the son of one of the guards that was killed and trying to protect the king and the princess. Alfred becomes the new duke and leader of the land and is raised alongside the princess who is being disguised as a boy, which is obviously the worst disguise ever. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And the princess is renamed Mar- Marius and, like I said, is, is raised as a quote-unquote boy to protect her identity. And, yeah, it, they kind of get it, constantly brought into the conflicts that are happening around Hortensia and the ongoing threat of the nearby, was it the Crimson or something like that? Crimson uh, Kingdom, who is constantly trying to overthrow the kingdom and take all the resources for themselves. Yeah. Your thoughts on Hortensia saga? Oh, this one, I, I think it has a lot of potential and this is one that I'm kind of really hoping can pull together really well. I'm not, I'm not absolutely thrilled about how it's starting out. Um, like Andrew said, it's the, Maria Maurice or whatever her name is, they didn't pull off what they were doing with her. And it's actually more of an irritation than, than anything that they're trying to hide it from Alfred and Alfred hasn't figured it out because he's obviously a freaking idiot. Um, so it's, I, it's going to be one of those lucky Letcher moments that he's going to figure it out. And that's going to, that, that's going to irritate me. So, what I don't get is why you would think. I don't know if it's she's hiding it too, but you would think that Nonoria would know. Yeah, it, 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 there, there's so many things that th- th- these small like, little wh- like things the one she was are... injured on the battlefield. You know, somebody checked her. Yeah, it, it, unless it was unless so it was Maurice. Many, there's so many things that are that are just irritating me. I, I, it doesn't ruin the entire show, but it's 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 things like that that are bugging me and so i i do have a lot of hope for this show but at this at the moment it's like these little things are kind of just irritating me and until you resolve them they're just going to keep irritating me and i hate the the um because i've always talked about the the snowball effect where one thing will irritate you and you at some point you got to resolve it soon so that this is not the one thing that I get hung up on for the entire Dagum season. Um, but yeah, as it stands right now, they're building a very interesting world. You've got the, 
um, suddenly, apparently, these um, uh, mythical creatures are starting to show up out of nowhere. Um, so that's that's an interesting thing that they're doing there. So, so it's a fantasy world that does not technically have these fanta- fan- fantasy beasts. Um, it's something that has came in. And it looks like they're trying to slip the um, the the explanation for that in the background, so that you have it there. It's I guess some kind of a legend where um, something will happen, and that and that can cause a wish, and the wish is to bring. Apparently, somebody wished for magical beasts. I I quote unquote. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that works out and what's going on with that. Um, so there, there's a lot of things going on that could be interesting. I'm hoping that it's not, um, it's not, uh, a, a bad explanation when they, they finally reveal all this stuff. So it, so we can have an interesting story here. Definitely. Yeah. They kind of mentioned the idea that about the same time that the, the overthrowing of Atencia was happening, all the beasts started showing up out of nowhere and it was kind of part of a. Yeah, some floating magical island that had like all these mythological beasts that were kind of tied to it, and so yeah, it is. It is technically one of those things where it wasn't a natural thing, and now it is being forced to be a natural thing to have to deal with. So that 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 is a kind of interesting little tidbit to twist into there. I I did get a kick out of. Did you have the same thought as I did when the red dragon showed up? I'm like, oh, there's a sister. That's got to be the sister. Yeah, it's got to be the sister. <laughs> It was that second glance Alfred gave. I'm like, oh, that's a sister. And because I knew the sister wasn't dead because they were like, well, here's this. Let's tell you finally about the little sister. And you know, yeah, she was this great sister. And let's give us all this information. Let's characterize this sister so much. And she's totally dead, right? No, she's not going to be dead. You said a carriage fell. It, it, she's not dead. <laughs> but no, I, I, I do want to agree with you. I, I honestly do think that Marius is one of those situations where it is kind of a thing of why is this not obvious and why has it not? Because obviously at some point Alfred's probably going to go, yeah, I knew all along. Or are you actually going to have that situation where Alfred does the, yeah, the oops, what, wait, what's this kind of thing? I mean, just to have her like keeping her ponytail and, and having earrings and, and girly looking outfits is like, you're not trying to hide the fact that you're a boy. Why are you even doing this whole thing? Just have them <laughs> know. But no, I do agree with that. That being one of those things where it does technically annoy you as you're watching out there. Like, why does nobody know this? And why are we not addressing this? You're, you're, you're throwing it in my face constantly. Why is this a thing? But no, I, I yeah, do the, agree. The, it's gotta... the, the random, the random battle that she couldn't keep up with Alfred at all. And it was like, Oh my gosh, you guys are trying so <laughs> daggum hard. I mean, come on, really? But no, I, I I do agree that it is a good setup of a world. I mean, they do have you know these these power levels that seem to be in place. Not not like actual power levels, but just experience differences between different groups. Alfred is obviously trying to get stronger, but there's obviously people that are stronger than him. I, I like to really, I got a huge kick out of when Didier showed up and he's like this crazy black knight that just wrecks this dragon. And I'm like, holy crap, this is, this guy's awesome. This is where the power is, Alfred. This is where you need to be. But at the same time, I had that kind of moment where I caught myself like, oh, no, wait, no, don't, don't say that. Cause now Alfred's got to find that magical, or he, he has to unlock his sword. Because his sword apparently is supposed to be some kind of special sword. So he's got to unlock the sword and become super powerful. Um, 
but no, I, I, I like the world setup so far. I like a lot of the character designs. I, I like the, the Keenum setup and everything. It has everything lined up to be something like a, a good fantasy story. There's just one lingering issue. It's based off of a game. And the, the, that does give me huge pause to what limits they're going to put on how well they tell this story. Because unfortunately, with a lot of game stories, they keep it pretty simple, unfortunately. Do you think that they're going to go third faction or do you think that they're? Um, I think what? they technically already are in third faction. He's a duke from a. Yes, he's he's a duke of a, a kingdom that or a, a duke of a. An area that is supposed to be under Hortensia, but they are already technically doing things that would be frowned upon by them. Like there is the fear of them being right. arrested. Yeah, and that that's that's the thing it, it, because it's like okay, obviously they've set up to where um, the the two kid the, the, characters because the, the church Shota has taken over. Lolly. Yeah, the church well, has taken over the 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 right. Lollies and. All them are part of the Crimson Kingdom. Exactly. And and so it was like, okay, are they going to – is he going to line up against it? And then I was like, no. What they'll probably try to do is probably try and drag those characters into his group. Um, I'm not sure about Dragon Girl. Yeah, the Lolly and the the, – No, they've already already put them in the, the dark area. Right. I agree. Um, however, they, they, they pointed out that they had a attraction to him of some sort at the, when they first met him. And so that leads me to believe that they're well, going yeah, to probably with the sister and that obviously makes that connection. <laughs> yeah. They're going to try, they're going to try and, and, and redeem them. I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with dragon girl. Um, so it'll be interesting to see dragon what sister. they do with that. The dragon, <laughs> dragon sister, <laughs> whatever you want to call her. Um, it, so it'll be interesting to see what they do, and, and and the only thing I can figure is if they go third faction because they're already pushed that they're against the the holy church. So we'll see what they do with all that. Yeah, the 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 obviously the big that's the thing is like it. You technically have a no sides a good guy like the the yeah crimson whatever kingdom came in and just decimated a lot of things. Obviously they were utilizing the power from the beasts of some sort, because one of them turned into a werewolf. Then you have the... There's this constant kind of the church is bad kind of thing that's being slowly whispered about as the Pope himself is controlling the the the, the prince. So it, nothing's really going in the direction of this is a positive thing. So, yeah. That's Hortensia Saga. Check that out if that seems interesting to you. All right, our next one is Idols. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll. Don't know how many episodes it's going for. It is a eight-minute short by Studio Shin-E Animation. The source is original, and the genres are music and comedy. And this is the one that is actually a project where they are taking motion capture and putting anime CGI characters to it. And it's kind of skit, open room skit based with characters. Thankfully, unlike the last time we had this happen, <laughs> it doesn't sound like there's an open microphone sitting in the middle of the room that sounds terrible audio quality or anything like that. And the animation to the motion capture is actually good. But essentially follows uh, four 
idols that are just starting out. They're not really known. Uh, I think they kind of joke about the fact they don't really have many people. I think it's only like friends and stuff that are actually <laughs> following them. They get like no comments to their social media posts and stuff. But um, it, it it essentially is that's the premise set up is there's four idols that are just starting out and they're trying to learn things and they have no followers and then kind of the comedy that is surrounding that. Like I said, it's very skip based comedy all kind of packaged in this motion capture CGI thing that probably <laughs> turned many people away, <laughs> which I agree. Technically when I seen it at face value, I was in the same boat. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to glance at a couple episodes here and, Maybe just skim through an episode and see if anything looks good in there. And I think at some point when I was skimming through it, I seen a joke that I'm like, "Let's give this a shot. Let's 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 give this a shot." <laughs> so I started over from the very first episode, the very beginning of it, and I actually found myself really enjoying it, which really sucks because, you know, the rating on my list is like sub hentai levels. I mean, we're looking. We're in the 4.7 area that's sub-hentai, which is kind of unfortunate. But, yeah, I think the reason why it works so well is, I mean, technically, granted, the CGI motion capture doesn't really do it any good. I'm thankful the fact that the audio quality is good because they, I, I think, I'm not sure if they've captured the audio afterwards. Like, they motion captured and they re-recorded the lines, but it, it just sounds really good as well. And the CGI is decent. I, I granted, decent's giving a lot of credit because it is CGI, so it's difficult to sell people on. <laughs> but they don't cut frames, so it doesn't look all jittery like CGI typically does. Um, it actually looks pretty smooth, and their performances in making the characters animated is is good as well. I mean, the the characters look fun and they look cute. But the comedy is pretty spot on so far. I mean, it's not really, you're not really, it's not much dis dedication here because technically it's only five minutes worth of show because they do have a full opening and ending. But it it is, it kind of is dry humor, like deadpan kind of humor where it's not like they're being over crazy or over accentuating anything. It's just kind of, hey, this is going on, punchline is this, and they all kind of look at each other with kind of a little bit of silence in the background. <laughs> Which, it it works a lot. Like like I mentioned before, they're, they're talking about, you know, it's not showing the replies on this post, and somebody's like, oh, that's because there's there's no post. There, nobody's posting. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's worked so far for it. I, I really have been enjoying it. They had one episode where they were essentially going through all the reasons why people weren't showing up to their concerts and their, and their venues. And it was always like, yeah, uh, this such and such was going to come to the show, but they said that they had a doctor's appointment and then it would like cut to this shot of the entire room. And it would just say health is important. And it would have like this big subtitle cover the screen. Yes. Health is important or something like that. And at the very end of it, the, the last punchline was like, Ina was, which is, it seemed like the main Genki girl. She's like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally tell everybody that I'm an idol because I haven't told anybody in the three years that I've been doing this that I'm, I'm actually technically uh, trying to become an idol. And so her whole thing was like, I'm gonna go tell our, my, uh, this one guy, and they're like, who's, who's that one guy? 
after she leaves to go tell him, they're like, oh, it's just the neighbor. Um, for some reason, he's he's kind of important. And so she finally comes back in the room, and she's like, I finally did it. I told him that I'm going to become an idol. And they're like, oh, cool. Is he going to come to the venue? And he's like, uh, no, he, he said that he's got to go to uh, a funeral that day. And they're like, well, Anse- or, uh, was it the family heritage or something like that? It's important. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. very, very cleanly done and very, like I said, very kind of dry humor that's not trying too hard but hits the punchlines pretty well. And that's, that's like I said, that's what surprised me about it so much is I didn't think I was going to like it because of the fact that it's motion captures, because it's CGI. It's basically already got two really nasty nails in the coffin for it right off the bat. But it somehow is entertaining me a lot. And I really do think they're cute. And I think that's a lot of fun, the humor that they have in it. So this is technically that show that I think I'm going to be defending for all season and everybody else hates it. And I, I do understand the hatred for it. And I think it's mainly to the fact that it is CGI motion capture, but I think they're doing really well with what they're working with. So I, I think this is probably using that same kind of technology they were talking about using for like the, the VTubers and stuff in the future and actually creating full uh, CGI motion capture stuff. But it doesn't look like that. It's 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 they have multiple angles for the shots too, so it's not always one shot angle motion capture. They're actually doing multiple shots and different angles and stuff. Um so they're they're doing a really good job with it. So I've been enjoying it. They have a the pretty funny cast. I think like one of them is is she says her what's on her mind and it's often kind of pretty, you know, mean, but she's not really mean about it. And the one is like, you know, super supportive one is you know a little bit ditzy they got they kind of got all the dark types going for it too so yep that's that's idols i've been enjoying it <laughs> i think i'm on decent a decent comedy studio i think i'm on a on a hill alone with that one but yeah no i i i think that when people actually start uh noticing Not taking it, that face value yeah yeah don't judge a book by its cover, and I think it's being judged by its cover. Yeah, it, looking at looking at the studio, and we got Doraemon, um, we've got uh, uh, not not Teasing Master, but the um, the one where the the boy was messing with stuff on his desk all the time. Yeah, Harengu, uh, Harengu. It's it's all the same studio. Yeah, Teasing Master Tagagi-san is on on this list too. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a solid solid studio. Yep, yep. I am definitely going to be checking it out. Yeah, I was hoping Chris would have checked it out so he can <laughs> confirm or deny my my enjoyment of it. Uh, so I'm a spider. So what? Or Kumo Deska Nanika. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll, running for 24 episodes. The studio is Millipinzi. The source is light novel. The genres are adventure, comedy, fantasy, and this one takes place in modern times in a schoolroom in Japan. And at some point, as they're having class as they normally do, suddenly a beam of light engulfs them, and we soon to find out pretty much it seemed like the entire class has been transported to another world a fantasy world um most of them thankfully were were transported into bodies of 
you know, people that are, you know, noble families next up for, you know, uh, princes and stuff like that, dukedoms, uh, noble families in this other world with, you know, talents and abilities. Uh, but we quickly find out that some people did not have so much luck, including the main character, who is Kumoko, who was reincarnated into the a spider. <laughs> So she's born as a spider, cracks out of an egg, along with all of her spider siblings. But unlike them, who decided to resort to cannibalizing each other in order to survive, she ditches her entire family and tries to survive in the dungeon that she, she was, you know, born in. And she's slowly gaining abilities, learning her... Just learning to survive, She did basically. eat one of them. She yeah, did she eat did. one of them. She technically did finally decide to eat one of them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that seems to be that just so far you follow most of the time Kumiko, who is uh, trying to survive, gain abilities, level up, uh, not die, try to get to the upper parts of the dungeon. And then on the other side, you see mostly in the perspective of Shun, who is one of the boys that was reincarnated as a uh, as one of the dukes or technically a prince and how they are getting into an academy and training and getting stronger and some guy that is getting power trippy and being a jerk at the same time. <laughs> and they kind of put a lot of perspective onto Faye, who was a girl that apparently in the, you know, where they used to be was a bully of Kumiko. And she was actually reincarnated as like a baby dragon. And she feels that she is a baby dragon because it's kind of, her being punished for what she did to Kumiko. And so, yeah. Your thoughts so far? I really do love this show. I, this is one of the ones that I, well, as you can tell, a lot of these shows I'm really excited about. And, and I, 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 the, a lot of these shows I don't miss. And this is one of them that I am absolutely, the second I see this pop up on the list, I want to watch it as soon as possible. Um, if I had any beefs with this show, it would probably be in the aspect of, it tends to, how do I put it? It's, it's lollygagging around in this, um, in the starter zone too much for lack of a better term. I don't know how to better describe it than that. She's, she's in, in, in some ways she's, she's. She just it, she's stuck working on these lower level stuff, and I guess that's a good thing. It it it'll make the the storyline take longer to get through everything. But at the same time, I we've been stuck in where where like slime was done with the the first dungeon within the first two episodes at best. Um, w with her, we're in um episode four or five, and we're still in the first dungeon. Now it doesn't mean that next episode we don't come out of the first dungeon, but I seriously doubt it right now. <laughs> yeah, she just from my from my viewing, I just got to the point where she just got into the lava area, and it was kind of like yeah. a tease of, "Oh, is she gonna make it?" No, you're in a lava area now. No, I, I had the same argument when I was recording my my video for it that I haven't posted yet. Was this idea of? And it was funny because I'm like, did I post that yet? Did Chris? <laughs> I think most people probably have the same perspective is that it it. There's no denying that this has a similarity to re reincarnate as a slime, where you do have a person that is re is is brought to another world or isekai'd, 
is the weakest of the weak monsters and is slowly learning how to get stronger and stronger. And But unfortunately, where Slime got the heck out of that dungeon quick and moved quickly into telling a story about building a nation and, and, and helping others, this one is still stuck in you're going to fight to kill another thing. And you're going to level up and you got more skills and you fought another thing and you shouldn't have been able to kill it, but you somehow pulled it off. It's just this, there's only so many episodes I can watch of this. Now, the only reason why I'm loving it, even though it is doing something <laughs> that technically is repetitive is because Aoyuki, she's an incredible Seiyuu and she makes this character work. And it's like, it's almost like I, Technically, if you cut the sound, I would hate this show because it's CGI. It's got really bad CGI in there every now and then with some of these monsters that she's fighting. Like, the monkeys look stupid. And even on the other side, you do have, like, CGI dragons attacking the other team, even though they are traditionally animated and not CGI. So you have, like, this really bad conflict of some of this bad CGI with the fact that Kumiko is straight CGI, even though I think they did a pretty good job of her design and the cell shading so that she does look a lot better than I thought she would look based off the PVs originally that were shown like two years ago. But the only reason it works is because I love Aoyuki and she makes that character shine. Her reactions to everything, screaming and yelling and panicking and and getting frustrated with the narrator, scrolling skill ups too fast building a, a, a basically having like a cribs episode in a spider cocoon showing off her TV <laughs> and her bed and everything was, was fantastic. The TV that and doesn't I, work. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's great in that regard. I'm having so much fun watching her because of the, how well the say pulls off her character, but I do have this fatigue with the same routine of fight things and get skill ups. There's a, I mean, me as a gamer fan, these are the jokes that are bait made for me. But I've seen them so many times at this point where I don't need to see them anymore. I'd rather just grind a game myself rather than watching her grind the game. <laughs> Interesting way of putting it. I like that. On the opposite side of it, I I do echo some people that have mentioned things on Twitter and stuff about how I there is a dislike for the other side of the story. Like, do we really care to watch all the other students live in luxury and stuff? But I do think it's getting to something like it's going to eventually get to something. Now, granted the, the opening music or the opening, the OP for this series is spoiling the hell out of it, saying that there's going to be somebody dying. There's going to be some crazy backstabbing happening before it even happens. <laughs> so it's like, I almost feel like the OP is showing a little bit too much because obviously somebody's going to backstab somebody and it's already portraying Hugo as being that person that do that because he's already stupid jealous of Shun and he's getting very power trippy. But I do I didn't like really pay. I didn't I didn't pay that close attention to the OP. I hate doing that with OPs, <laughs> but it was a good opening. I don't know. Um but I do kind no, of the like op Faye. Uh, the opening is good. I don't have a problem with the opening. I just don't pay attention to it that much because I hate the spoiler thing. Yes, I do. I, agree. I, I do see some. I do see some characters that it's like. I wonder if that's Kumiko. At some point, <laughs> she's going to do that, and I was yeah. like, that would be that would be very interesting if they took it in that direction. Yeah, I, like, like so the, it, the key art and everything showing 
you know, multiple different spiders. Are those other classmates or is she going to have like different classes that she's going to be splitting off into? No, I think that I think that's going to be her. Uh, I, I almost it's like the ED has those those characters. And it's almost like I think what that's going to be is an internal discussion thing like a council yeah, in her head or something kind of, like that it's kind of insinuates that as like a council thing but i don't i don't know i will see but no like i was mentioning kinda i, I like, do kind of like Faye's story like the the whole you know bully that regrets it and how that's affecting her and she's already kind of upset at the idea that she's technically of a breed that is not seen very favorably in this world and so she does have that kind of conflict there she finally got her kin eater. Uh, don't worry, Faye. Kumiko beat you to that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> the kin eater title. <laughs> I don't know if that... I think that was more kind of trying to point out the fact that she is one of those. So, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I kind of disagree. I do... I technically do want to see what happens with the rest of the class. And, of course, there's always that constant thing of similarly to, you know... Um, the world's weakest to the world's strongest. What was that called? I forgot that, that series called, um, where you do, you do kind of, you're waiting for that moment. They finally meet each other. Like when, is, when is Kumiko going to run into shoe or whatever? And how is that going to change rate, the game? Probably at, at this rate, probably episode 20, 22, 20 or 22. Yeah. <laughs> We're not moving too fast. So yeah, it, it is a, it is a mixture for me as well. I, I hate the CGI in the show. Um, I think, Kumiko's CGI is great. They're doing they're doing a job with that. Uh, some of the a- animation outside with the other classmates is in some ways good, in other ways bad, and I think that's partly to do with the fact this is the studio that did the new Berserk. So <laughs> they are known for doing a lot of CGI and not so much regular CG or regular animation. So it does have that little weirdness to the animation, I guess, where it's trying to be very cool and technical, but feels awkward at times and there's that whole situation where i didn't know what exactly happened to the dragon when fade chomped on it i, I assumed fade chomped on it and that soon sliced it but i wasn't really sure because i couldn't see anything <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll see where it goes from here I, it, it's it has all the makings to be a really fantastic series i just think it needs to get over the kumiko power leveling sequence and uh, i don't know i guess not i'm not expecting too much from the other side but we'll see I do like the idea that the teacher became a a lolly elf, <laughs> and one of the and one of the guys actually became a chick. That poor guy. They're all acting like it's a bad thing. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he he got thrown into a woman's body. Uh, yeah, he probably doesn't mind that too much, does he? Mm-hmm. He's like, I had to get used to it. I'm like, yeah, sure he did. <laughs> so I'm a spider. So what? Um, but yeah, Aoyuki makes that show. Back arrow. Did you, did you watch this one? Nope. Big shocker. Chris not watching a male protagonist mech, mecha show. Big shocker. No, <laughs> uh, streaming on Funimation, running for 24 episodes, done by Studio Volin. The source is original. The, action, the genres are action, fantasy, mecha. And the director is Goro Taniguchi, who did, uh, who's also doing sta- uh, skate leading stars this season. Not really much else, though. But yeah, this one takes place in a it's it's setup is that there's this kind of kingdom or world that is surrounded by a gigantic wall and everybody in this particular area or in this world believes that there's nothing outside of the the wall itself. It's just 
a void. It's almost like the this the the concept of flat earth essentially, but there's a wall around it. And even the even the apparently the the religions and stuff there prohibit people from believing that there's anything outside of it. It's like it's you know um, taboo, not taboo, um, blasphemous to believe there's something outside of the wall. Uh, but essentially, there is multiple kingdoms, and these kingdoms are all fighting to gain power through. There's these spacecrafts that fall from the sky. They believe they fall from the heavens. And these little spacecrafts, when they strike the Earth, they contain within them essentially relics that they can use to create mecha suits. So like these little bands that are inside these capsules that fall from the sky. And if you slap one of these bands on your arm, it it manifests a mecha suit that you embody... And you use that to fight somebody, and whoever loses in a fight between these things will actually die. They they're they're kind of terrified of even using them because if you if you lose in a battle of these things, you you'll die. And the interesting thing about it is that when somebody bears one of these bands and manifests one of these suits, it is supposed to be a manifestation of their inner desires. So like somebody has the inner desire to uh i guess hunt it'll make them it's like an extra special ability like the one girl in the cast uh actually when she bears it it manifests um the desire to keep tr- to pers- persevere basically and that thus give her the, gives her the ability to essentially dodge like really well like if, if somebody were to throw something at her she can dodge it really easily and like i said a lot of different people that have different desires get manifest in different ways. And essentially one of these capsules that fell from the sky ended up in a neutral zone. And this town that's in this neutral zone opens it up and finds this naked guy in it who later calls himself back arrow. And back arrow claims that he has no memory of where he came from or anything. He just knows that he needs to get back home, which is outside the wall. And that's all he cares about is he just needs to get outside the wall and, of course, these two warring nations fight to claim him and whatever was in that capsule. And he fights him back. And then eventually more people try to claim what was in the capsule and destroy the village in the process. And so everybody in that village is forced to either, at first, to kick him out and try to sell him out. But then eventually join arms with him and travel together in a gigantic spaceship that one of the characters manages to manifest from underneath the village. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's basically the premise so far. Just guy with no past trying to get across the wall that's not supposed to be scaled and two competing nations trying to gain more technology and more power through these capsules that are falling from the sky. So It's alright so far. I kind of mentioned in the preview, the mecha designs kind of reminded me of Darling and the Franks, and I still think that's true. Like like I said, they, they technically have a story to go with it, and the idea that every one of these mechas, once they're manifest, personify their desires. And so they kind of give them unique looks to each one of them. And some of them really do look very Darling in the Franks-ish with kind of almost a, I don't want to say modification of a mecha. So they do have like a, almost a characteristics 
given to them to make them look very unique. And I, I kind of like that design. I, I do think I was a fan of that in Darling of the Franks, and I'm a fan of it here. But so far, it's it's been an okay setup. I'm, I'm not not hating it, but at the same time, it's not blowing me away. Having like this this village essentially wanting to be left alone, this guy dropping into it, causing problems, them essentially selling him out, but him still protecting them in the end. So they kind of traveled together. Um, the overall plot lines for the two nations hasn't really gone anywhere yet. They do have one of the guys is kind of a prophet and he is very fascinated by Bakuro and wants to kind of learn more about him despite his nation just wanting him to capture him and use his power. So we'll see where it goes from there. It's been a, like I said, it's been an okay setup so far. Just nothing really spectacular. But yeah, it looks good too. It looks all right. The CGI doesn't look bad. It doesn't doesn't stick out like a sore thumb like generally CGI mechas do. So I'm I'm giving it a huge thumbs up on the. Even though I do prefer that traditional style animation mecha stuff that's just so rare now, I'll I'll give him a pass on this one just because it does fit in with the style pretty good. So that's Backero. Check that out if that sounds interesting to you. Azure Lane Bizoku Zenshin, or Azure Lane Bizoku Shinshin is a Japanese title, which is the same exact title. Uh, streaming on Crunchyroll, running for 12 episodes. I think these are eight minute shorts, being done by Yostar Pictures and Candy Box. The source is a four comma manga that is based off of the Azure Lane video game, and the genres are military, sci fi, slice of life, comedy. And I watched like two minutes of it, seen like a bathroom shower scene right off the bat, and this girl wanting bunny ears, and that's about all I watched of it. So what do you think of Azure Lane, Bishoku Zenshin, Chris? It's cute ships doing cute things. <laughs> it's Kangali it, it, ripoff, move on. <laughs> yeah, we, well, yeah, it, and, it, and it is it, it is fun and cute. I like La- Laffy a lot. Um, e- each one of the characters has their own charm, and they, they, they're doing their own goofy thing. Um, one of them was, uh, wanted to play video games, but didn't want to play video games alone. And so they found an excuse to get her to play video games in the classroom. So it's, it's, it's just goofy fun things like that. And, and that's, that's what it does. And it does it, it does it good. All right. That's, uh, Azrelaine Bizuku Jinshin. Uh, the quintessential quintuplets. Fire Tobun no Hanayome, the second season of the Quintessential Quintuplets. <laughs> this one's streaming on Crunchyroll, running for 12 episodes. The studio is Bubari Animation Studio, which is replacing Tezuka Productions, which makes total sense now because I was like, what the hell is wrong with his hair? <laughs> the sources of manga, the genres are harem, comedy, romance, school, and shonen. No, I legit legit realized when I was putting together the outline that it was a different studio and I totally forgot about that and I'm like that makes perfect sense because I, for some reason I was I was thinking there was something off with his hair everybody was kind of looking a little differently so yeah different studio not sure why they do that sometimes it's usually scheduling reasons but yeah anyways for those I don't know this essentially follows a guy named Futaro who is basically tries very tries very hard to study all the time and get good grades and at some point even though he is from a family that is pretty darn poor and he has to work a lot of side jobs he is given the chance to tutor quintuplets 
by their father. Uh, their father hires him to tutor them, and so he has to essentially deal with both their personalities, their unwillingness to learn because they all have terrible grades and don't want to bother, and you know, set up a actual plan to, to train them because he's got to actually put together all this stuff while actually learning himself. So, yeah. Now the side they had this backstory thing, the usual Anisakoi kind of thing where. One of them is actually a, ch- a girl that he ran into a long time ago. This one girl that affected his life so much. He's been trying to find her this entire time thing with one of them. Uh, because he met a girl a long time ago that had really long purple ha- or pink hair. And he at some point runs into a photograph of all these quintuplets when they were a kid. And they all had that same exact look and hair. And so he's... He's not technically looking for to try to figure out which one it is, but every now and then it kind of pokes at it to like, you know, it, which one is that girl from his childhood. And um yeah. Have you been watching this one? So he, so he, so he's finally decided that he it is part of this family that uh the girl is. <sighs> sort of. They they're <laughs> They keep bouncing back and forth on it. Like at one minute they're like, "Yeah, for sure, this is one." The next minute it seems like they try to throw it out, and the next minute they they go back at it. And one of them decided at some point to dress up like an older version of that. And yeah, it, it, it's playing with a lot. I like that they technically explained why they look so similar. They actually got into the girls' backstories, which I thought was fantastic because. So far, they've always been portrayed as just a bunch of rich, snob, rich snob girls that are all living off the dime of their their doctor dad, and they actually got into explaining that they they weren't like that a couple of years ago. They were living in poverty with their mother, um, a single mom, and they all kind of were dressed alike and looked alike, and they all shared their personalities together. And then at the passing of their mother, they all kind of split off from that point and kind of got their own personality and their own look from that point on. So I like that they, the writer definitely, I guess, developed the characters at the same time significantly with one really great backstory for them. And so I really do appreciate that. I Because technically with the first season, I was pretty much just like Team Miku, don't care really much about the rest of it. <laughs> now they're kind of really... The, the writer's really raking in the rest of them. I, I also kind of it felt like this first four episodes was like a full story. I, I almost felt like I finished the season because it feels like it came to a, a pretty significant chapter close. But I am sort of curious where they're going to take it from this point on because they've, they've pretty much at this point sold all of the characters on him. And he is... He's kind of given up on the whole past uh, fling girl that he bumped into. But I am curious as how they're going to bring that back in since he's kind of given up on that whole concept. But at the same time, I I technically gave up on that whole backstory halfway through the first season. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of those things where it's like, do you really think it's that important at this point? <laughs> Is it really that important? And the, the backstory they gave to this girl that he bumped into is pretty insignificant i feel but you know childhood fling memories are often more important than they really should be in anime 
but no, they they got quite a bit into Nino as well. I, I kind of liked her story. Um, so I'm so I guess so far we've technically got into Ichika, Miku, and Nino. Um, Yatsuba has always kind of been a, a side story, and Itsuka they did get a little bit into her with her kind of motherly, her feeling of wanting to be the motherly figure that to replace her mother. But um, it's good. It's it's always been a pretty solid series. Um, very harem-y, very fun. It it does get heavy here and there, but not too not too heavy with the drama. It's always been more of a a, a rom com, if anything. So. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to go and watch that one. That was that was an unfortunate one that had to go to the side on that one. I was going to. I'm going to watch it. It's not a not a question there. You never finished the first season, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, blown away by the fact that you didn't keep up on it. <laughs> uh, that time I got reincarnated as slime. Chris apparently decided to watch this, even though he did not watch the LVAs because I didn't watch it because I didn't watch the LVAs. This is a second season on Crunchyroll. Not sure how many of the episodes going to be. Uh, 8-Bit's doing it still. Light novel, fantasy, comedy. And we kind of mentioned it earlier, but it essentially follows a guy who is reincarnated in another world as a slime. Uh, fights in a dungeon for a little bit before escaping. And then over time builds a nation of monsters to kind of coexist alongside humans. And uh, has a soon dead a dragon friend. So your thoughts mm-hmm. on the second season? <laughs> There hasn't been a whole lot that's happened so far. It um it's been a lot of setting up for the next big thing that's coming up. Um we have there has been a a hint at the next quote unquote bad guy if you want to call her that. Um we have uh introduced the beast nation uh, a lot more solidly, so we've got a uh, a cast of characters from that uh, group that I don't know if they're going to be allies in the next battle or what they're going to do with that. So, but they're definitely, they've definitely been introduced. Um, we had a power level struggle so that we could see where everybody stands and how strong they are. And then we went to the Dwarf Nation, kind of did a refresh. These are the characters over there and reminder of. Basically, the standing between everybody, as far as what was that was concerned in it, and we've got a little bit more of the, um, the economy stuff that we really kind of liked from Slime, uh, the first season and all that stuff. So it was really cool. I I like the way that they're setting everything up and and just continuing on and getting us ready for the, the next thing that's going to happen. Yeah, as I I. I do want to eventually get around to Log Horizon as well, but this one's definitely an easier one for me to get caught up on, but definitely one that I will be getting through all the OVAs and giving my first impressions on this in a video later. But like I said, I I really do want to watch the OVA. I, I'm, I'm not like Chris. I can't just not do it. Even if it is a side story, I cannot just skip something that was there. It just bugs me too much. So, But I'll, I'll get no, around to it a, eventually. There's a... There's an in between OVA, and then there's the the kids OVA, and yeah. I, that that I did skip. It the the OV the in between OVA I did not skip. That was part of the whole list, so yeah. I went went with that. So yeah, that's uh, reincarnated as a slime season two. Uh, we're we're pretty much just getting into stuff that's uh, kind of ongoing spoiler ish territory, but yeah, ReZero is continuing on. This is. 
uh, ReZero Second Season Part 2. This is continuing for, with White Fox and is absolutely been incredible. And it's funny because I, I know I got really upset with the first season or the first part of the second season where it was it felt like it had a really bad drop point. But it's like we're at the point now where this writer is just hitting every story right now with every episode and just nailing it in because we had we had Garfield's whole story kind of get unfolded. We had uh, Oto had a nice little moment standing up. We had somebody finally reveal some powers that he's been. <laughs> we've been wondering if he'd ever reveal. Uh, we got Goose. I now like Beetle Goose. <laughs> I never thought we'd have the moment where I would say that I like Beetlejuice, but yeah, they got they got in some backstory with Beetle Goose, and I am upset that I I like as, him as much as I do now. But um, does kind of does kind of suck that they waited I, I in in some respects they the fact that they waited so long kind of took the edge off of why we hate beetlejuice and so it's like eh, you cheated with that didn't you no i i, I still don't like beetlejuice no no cuz i didn't see the i didn't see the absolute last episode so Unless something really amazing happens, just the it's, it's one of the those... little cute little interaction no, with no, it, it Emilia is... does not make me like him. <laughs> it is the frustration with the idea that the reason why he is insane is because he did something in order to protect Emilia. Like he brought And the that's curse. very possible. He brought the curse of madness into himself in order to protect her. And that's where it's annoying. And it's like yeah, it is, it is difficult to see like that, like we have in the outline, the, the pictures of Beetlejuice back when he was in the first seasons. And it's like, this nutbag was that, you know, pretty good looking guy that was repenting. I mean, it was it was technically, what it's insinuating is that he was a part of a group of people that were, were repenting for the downfalls that were before the seal was placed and, 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 uh, um, what's her face? Um, my gosh, Satala, you know, absorbed all the other witches and everything like that. The thing that I'm really curious about is they technically opened a quote unquote Pandora's box with the introduction of Pandora. And I'm really curious what they're going to do with that because that technically reveals the, either a second of the same sin or they're going to get into more than just the seven sins. So I'm really like I, I texted Chris and I'm like, every time I think I understand the witches and the archbishops, he has a habit of revealing things that make me go, wait, no, I don't understand anything. <laughs> but Pandora was pretty awesome. I, I, I really liked how she basically beat the crap out of Regulus in some way. Um, essentially, seemed like she can rewrite existence. So, yeah. I am I am just I cannot get enough of this series and every episode I am more and more blown away by the writing and I just want more answers but I keep getting more questions and I cannot wait for each episode to come out. I'm I, I, I I'm kinda tempted to start doing videos of my impressions on episodes, but I know that this, that's a really huge There's a lot of people that do that on YouTube, so I don't know that I really wanna be another one of those people. But we'll see. 
I know after the last episode, I've been I've I've been like frothing at the mouth to talk about my thoughts on it in a full spoiler way that I can't really do in a first impressions, but we'll see. We'll, we might get to a point where we'll do like a spoiler discussion on it alone in the in the future. Uh, Doctor Stone Stone Wars. Still running on uh, Crunchyroll and Funimation. Still going down by TMS Entertainment. Uh, thoughts on this season so far? We essentially how now have the cell phone, quote-unquote, in hand, and we're using it to try to take down uh, Sukasa's Stone People Empire versus... it's What is it? Science versus Strength or something like that? The Science yeah, Village versus the Strength Village? I, I'm I'm yes I, oh. I I hate that I love this series so much because I don't understand why I love it so much because I hate the sciency stuff but I just like how it pulls off every episode it's the music and directing and characters just nailing it every time I do like the the trick that uh, I like that in this this last episode we had a different character besides Sinku decide the game plan. And it was Jen's this Jen's idea of uh, using Lillian Weinberg's persona to trick people into thinking that U.S. is still existing. Yeah, and it was so funny because like, like they 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 bring the cell phone into Sukasa's place, and user hero user Yuzuru and uh, Taiju decide to try to use it on Nikki first because they wanted to get Nikki on their side. And Nikki's like a super Lillian Weinberg fan who was a, was, was a pop idol in the, in the past, by the way, for those that don't know the story. And like after the first like introduction of her going, well, I'm going to ask you questions and everything. I'm like, okay, just stop right here and tell her, do you like Lillian Weinberg? We're a part of the village that was founded by her. Like, they, these are literally the descendants of Lillian Weinberg over here, and you're a part of the nation that wants to destroy it. So, isn't that enough? <laughs> no, they had... No, I did like how it ended, though. He's like, I can't bring back her music, but I can assure you I'll protect this one. I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. It it it, it kind of put her in a in a bind, and and it, it depending on how super fan she is and how much she wants to protect it. So yeah, that was kind of a a cool little twist. They they didn't technically have to deceive her. I was kind of bothered by the fact that they were going to trick her into f- f- believing that the other nation is still alive. And yeah, it's I don't know. good how that ended that way because what was her statement? If I find out that you're lying, I'm gonna literally kill you. <laughs> Yeah. So at least now she doesn't have to kill them. <laughs> I don't because know. Because so far, so far they haven't had to be deceitful. And it, I don't think I, it's like, even with Homura, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, I think I would think that Homura at some point would eventually change her feeling about it. I, I like Homura. I really do. Well, I that's, always that's have the frustrating her. thing is that, and this is, <sighs> Unfortunately, Dr. Stone still remains one of those shows where I have to suspend my disbelief way too much. And that's that's been its only issue ever has been the fact that you const- I constantly have to tell myself, don't think about it too much. Don't think about it too much. Don't think about it too much. Because that, that is a situation like Sukasa, how he, he hates adults 
and wants to wipe them off the earth. But yet he's reviving these gigantic dudes that are obviously not teenagers. These guys are not teenagers. These are adults, muscle men, and he's reviving them. And then you have like certain people get like really cr- – even though this has technically only been about a year that everybody's been revived in this new world, they all have like crazy like you know archery skills and almost supernatural abilities that they're inhibiting. So, like I said, I constantly have to kind of suspend my disbelief with the series, and it, it kind of sucks in that regard. It's like, why would Homero have any kind of desire to be uh, – and the same with Nikki. Why do all these people have any kind of loyalty to anybody when it's not even been a year? Yeah. But it's still so good. What, what, what is what is Sukasa? What has Sukasa done that's so amazing that yeah. these characters have, have undying devotion for him? Right. I mean, I get it to a point that he's he's they obviously have cup scary, noodles over there, dude. They have cup yeah, noodles they, over there. <laughs> I mean, yes, he's super scary, but come on, that undying devotion to him is a little bit much. Right. And that's, that's like like. With this last episode, that dude with the super hearing starts shooting arrows at random people. It's like, why would, like, why is he wanting to kill people? Like, why are we gone this quickly into primal instincts that I have to kill people with arrows? You don't even know who you're shooting at. And have you ever killed somebody before? <laughs> Again, suspension disbelief because it's such a good show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I. I fight with myself all the time when I watch this show because I love it. I I have to hold myself. I wish I I being honest, I wish I could tell you what I love about this show, but I do love it. It it just works. It, it just works. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention. Did you see that the Soma Spider So What did a reference to Doctor Stone. It's when she you was caught crafting. it. I didn't. It was when so. she was when she was making her house, and it was doing that whole goofy cribs kind of thing. It suddenly popped to her having like the she had the hat like Chrome has, and it kind of made it out like she was yeah Doctor Stone. Anyways, uh, let's see two more shows. We're almost done. <laughs> Attack on Titan, the final season. Did you watch the recent episode? Nope, I haven't no, watched any. No, I can't talk about it. I'm not talking about this anymore. No, I, I, I'm. I'm not going to talk about story because we're so far into it. I think it's spoilery. I don't really want to get into much into what's happening. Um, but I do want to mention the change of studio. I'm mixed. I I, I really think, I, especially with the first few combat sequences, I wasn't liking it. I, I honestly was... I, the very first episode, Mappa did fantastic. With the... The fight in the Eldian area, it was looking really bad. Like, they were actually CGI rendering the characters with their, uh, their, I forget the name of the gear that they use. Little Spider-Manning outfits. They were shooting around the sky, and they were fully CGI. And it looked horrific. So it, it's like it sucks because it, at some point I heard a lot of people screaming about the fact that uh, Mappa was doing terrible. There was people sending death threats to Mappa because they were ruining their favorite show ever, which I do not agree with at all. I think that's deplorable for people to do that, by the way. Um, but I do agree that it it was frustrating because I don't I didn't like how they were doing that animation. 
But thankfully, like the last episode, I haven't seen the recent episode, even though I know what happens in it because I read the manga. Um, and I'm waiting to find out what Chris thinks of that. <laughs> um, the one before the, the last episode, is it they already posted, to that point? Yeah. Ugh. Um, I, I, I still think that's that what I'm, I was telling you. Same... That's why I was telling you when the previous episode aired, I'm like, you watch, you better watch out for Twitter or any social media because you're going to start seeing people throwing the spoiler out like crazy. And sure enough, it, it just, they were spoiling it all over the place and it's even worse now. So yeah, the big spoiler. Yeah. Is I here. haven't been on, I haven't been, I haven't much been on Twitter lately, so you ain't missing much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still a good story though. It's still a fantastic story. Um, that, that issues with CGI aside, it's not, it's not killing the show. Um, it's still fantastic storytelling, and I and I think they're still doing a good job of the pacing of the story, cutting out the fat. All that stuff is going really well. So all I was asking for, really, with this season, with Mappa taking over, is that they make sure that they keep that ability to cut the fat, keep the pacing solid, and they're doing that. Putting aside using CGI for the characters, it's it's been a fantastic season so far, and I cannot wait to... See how they conclude it, because technically this is only going to run 16 episodes, and that's that's it. It's the final season. And I can't wait for more Annie. That's the other big spoiler. I can't wait for that to happen. And Gabby sucks. I'm just going to say that. Moving on. The Promised Neverland. <laughs> uh, Yoku Soku no Neverland. This one is streaming on Funimation, running for 11 episodes. The studio is Cloverwork still. And the director is still uh, Maro, Mom- Momoro Kanbe, and the series composition is Toshiya Ono, still with the the, the first season, second season. So, yeah. Um, did are you ever gonna get caught up on this? Probably not. Ugh. This is one of those ones where I'm like, I, I, I want to give Chris the clearance to watch it. Because I don't think it's as murderously upsetting and as it was when the first couple episodes. And I, I do want to have somebody to talk about it with. So anyways. Well, if you think if you think that it it, it 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 doesn't get as bad as I thought it was gonna get, then maybe I will. I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as it's portrayed in the early parts, I guess. It's not as torturous as you would think it should be. But, um, yeah, the second season has been great so far. We introduced some demons that have religion not to eat humans, which is kind of weird. Uh, they opened up the world quite a bit. They revealed a lot of the backstory of the, I guess I would just say the, the, the universe that it is kind of set in to kind of give an idea of how we got to where we are now which I really wasn't expecting this early in the game. I thought we were gonna they were gonna keep that. I thought they were gonna keep those cards themselves for a little bit longer. Um, it does again feel like we've gone through quite a chapter close with the recent episodes. They they found a place to stay. It was very short lived. <laughs> uh, they kind of made a game plan for what they want to do going forward. And with the last episode, we had a certain player is re-entering the game, which I am very curious of how that is going to pan out. But no, I'm it's it's still a fantastic series. I I will admit with this season, 
I'm not as hot on it as I was with the first season. So it does feel like I... I love almost this feeling of exploring the unknown. And that's what The Promised Neverland's always been good at. I I almost wanted to mention that I feel like it's gone into Maiden Abyss territories. We've moved away from here is a safe haven and we we are afraid of what is behind the scenes to now let's see what the world as a whole looks like and it's very made in abyss and the idea that there's so much unknowns creatures are unknowns plant life's unknown the future is unknown but at the same time it's lost a lot of that it's lost a lot of the uh I guess it still has the unknown in who they interact with because like I said they do they do run into like a two other people that should be willing to eat them but don't and you don't really technically trust that they're going to keep to their word but I don't know I don't know I, I like I said I it's I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing that I'm not as hot on the second season as I was the first season because I was extremely on fire with the first season, so it's just saying that I'm just, you know, burning with the second season. But I will say that it has lost a little bit of the the feeling of unknown, because I think it's just, it's it's diving so much into it at this point. I mean, we're swimming in the unknown at this point, whereas before it was it was behind the wall and we wanted to see it. So, yeah, it's it's still fantastic, though. I still enjoy the characters. I I enjoy the intrigue. I enjoy the the mystery that they are slowly unfolding. Um, the directing and everything's on point. I can't wait to see more of Isabella, but we'll see. <laughs> we will see with what the coming seasons, the coming season. That's it. That's all the that's all the shows we have. Did I miss any? Not that I know. It's a good chunky, good chunky first impression. I hope you guys enjoyed us running through all these stinking shows. It was a lot of fun. Um, I don't. <laughs> now the first impression is done. Now it's like, okay, now what can I? Am I gonna have to drop something? Because <laughs> I know I can't kill myself like this every week. It's a, an insane season, but we'll we'll get it figured out. Maybe we'll just kind of split some of the shows and and divide and conquer. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this first impressions of the winter 2021 season. Again, like I mentioned before, definitely check out our YouTube channel. I will be doing, I have been doing, and will be continue to be doing uh, my thoughts on all these shows with slides, you know, screenshots and additional thoughts that I may have forgotten about here. I might be there. And like I said, some shows that I missed, like, slime I'll, I'll eventually do a video as well so definitely support us there if you can and as always uh continue to support us by letting other people know about us if you want to support us uh additionally you can support us on patreon if you have the means to do so please don't if you do not have the means to do so uh, but we appreciate every one of our patreon supporters for their support and as usual we hope you guys enjoyed and you all take care Oos.
ったかけ」